on episode 20 of Pixel Guide N. The evil gnome is back. More yes or no questions. Eric brings some good beer. The game show is back. What do Genesis and Capcom have in common? Tim talks budget titles. It's a Tasmanian tussle. Can a beaver really provide justice? Lots of Eric, Cody, and Tim. Your host, Eric Nelson and Cody Hoffman. All right, Eric, I'm ready for a spooky episode. Exactly. <laughs> this this is Halloween. This is Halloween. That's what we're supposed to do, right? Yeah, exactly. Make a spooky episode. Actually, I just realized we completely docked the theme, and like all of our segments have nothing to do with Halloween. So oh, that's how we roll. Mine does, oh. but I had to add it in later. Ooh. So. All right, Eric's going to follow back and, and help us out here. This is episode <laughs> one of uh, of the... Well, this is episode 20, but this is episode one for 2019 October. Yes. And in two weeks, we'll have episode two for 2019 October. Because that's, that, that's how we roll now. I love Halloween. Probably my second do. favorite after Christmas. Correct answer. Yeah. Well... It's not my second favorite, but as long as you're not one of those weirdos that put it above Christmas, I'm okay. No, I don't do that. Those people freak me out. I won't go that far. And uh, I borderline, not joking, can't be friends with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eric. We, we got this show put together. I think it snuck up on both of us. Yes, it really did. Um, I did a ton. You did a ton. But this first episode here for the month is, uh, is news. So a um, little light on the news, but we're going to make up for that because... Before we get too much further, I just want to make a second announcement. Uh, our boy Tim Drew from the UK, part of the Pixel Guide N team, is now doing a tea time with Tim for every episode. Awesome! Yay! Woo! Hey! Thank you, Tim. Ooh, got double the applause there. Yeah. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> yes. um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, for the most part, our number, our downloads have gone up every month, but I think they took a, a large spike recently because. Mr. Tim adds an air of authenticity yeah. to our show. You can't beat that and it's uh, only accent, like, right? I was going to say, it's only like 90% the accent. <laughs> uh, at least 10% of that is his knowledge in the, uh, in the field. But no, his, his episode uh, of Tea Time with Tim last, uh, I guess that was two shows ago. Yeah. It was pretty cool. He did it on the BBC Micro. He's got one for us this episode, and uh, I'm, I haven't listened to it yet. I like to just throw it in there, and I like to be a listener along with everyone else. So. I told him I, I I wait until it's in my car, like I'm just yep. a listener when I listen to it, just a listener, and I I enjoy him that way. And the BBC one made me want to buy a BBC immediately. That's a how BBC you and micro. I. That's how you yeah. and I work. Yeah, it's exactly how we work. <laughs> yep. All right, let's jump right on into quick questions, shall right. we? Yep. Quick questions. All right, I'm going to take the first one here. The evil gnome from last episode is back. The, the artistic license you have taken. He's, he's going to become a contributor on the show as well. I, I got to name him. What's his voice? What does he sound like? I don't know. I got to think of that. Does it sound that. like this? <laughs> After punching you in the nuts, 
He forces you to choose which publisher will be eradicated from all of history. Capcom or Konami? I guess if I'm getting punched in the nuts, I'm going to be the one that sounds like this. Um, <laughs> Capcom or Konami? I mean, those are two... That's, big, those are two big ones. That's for why retro I picked gamers. them. They're two of my favorites too. So many good things. Oh, that's really hard. Um, I mean, Capcom. Inst- in, in, I instantly think Mega Man. I'm not, I'm not huge on Street Fighter, as everyone kind of knows. I'm not a fighter guy. But for me, Street Fighter's big. But Mega Man's huge for me. Yep, love Mega Man. Um, and then Konami's got Castlevania, right? Did they do Castlevania? Oh yeah, they oh, yeah. Ca- they've got Castlevania. They've got. Um, uh, the Gradius series, they've got. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've got a ton. Yep. Um, it's a tough one, right? Yeah. That's it why is. I picked it. And I hate to have to pick one, but I'm going to have to say Capcom. Well, to well, be eradicated. To be eradicated. Unfortunately, nowadays, if it was modern, Capcom's doing a bunch of stuff, cool stuff, and Konami's just making slot machines. But this would be all of this history. All time. So I have to, I have to keep Konami alive. And I. So the nice thing is, we'll have a uh, like a what is it a yin yang. Balance here okay, because okay. I think the feng I would, shui is, is going well with us. I think I would have to eliminate uh, Konami, okay, just because it's my history of Street Fighter. Street, yeah, I haven't played Street Fighter a lot lately, but I mean, I love if Puzzle I had, Fighter. yeah, exactly. If I had to eradicate from history, that's a big part of my history is Street Fighter playing with friends and stuff. So, so we have a balance. There you go. The universe well, actually, is in balance. And you'll hear throughout the show here that throughout the both shows for October. Uh, a lot of Konami stuff coming from me. So, oh, cool. I've just recently re- realized how much Konami did. Well, M- the MSX, like, oh yeah, half that library is half Konami, library, and they're all yeah. amazing. Yeah, well, not all, but yeah, most of the really good uh, MSX games are Konami games. And I love them both, so I don't want to. Oh, I mean, course. I love them both, but I would have to pick. So, I if we did a yes or no segment, and I said Capcom, Capcom, and Konami, they'd both be yeses. Yeah, but if I had to make you pick one without explaining it, you'd have to say. Capcom yeah. and have everyone hate you. That's right. And I'd say Konami and have everyone hate me. <laughs> Great. All right. I've got a quick question. Okay. This is more modern. Yeah. But VR, virtual reality, mm-hmm. any interest? Yes. Yes. Yeah, there, yeah, there, yeah. There's interest in it. I want to wait until it matures because it's so expensive to get into good VR. Um, I mean, I think the PS4, it's pretty reasonably priced, but PC-based stuff is so expensive. Oh, yeah. I, I dabbled in it with um, with uh, the Samsung VR, like for the phone. You slip the phone in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was pretty cool. I mean, even though it's it's limited, it was pretty neat. My family liked it, too. Um, I mean, my son, basically. My daughter kind of liked it, too. So, I mean, yeah, I want to wait until it's ready for prime time. Because I, I don't know if you agree with this, but it kind of, like, interest came back, took off a little. I mean, it took off a lot. And then now it's starting to wane again. Yeah, it's on it's on its second dip. Yeah, I guess I would I would just, yeah. I but think so. what I what I like and what I'm excited about is honestly, you know these uh, Oculus Rift and mm-hmm. these other kind of third party PC PC things. Those are always going to be toys. Yeah, I never expect uh, expected those to become a huge gaming platform, or whatever. Um, just because of all again all the in- incompatibilities and stuff. What you needed was a major console manufacturer to dump jump into it. So I was very excited when I saw PSVR, which is the PlayStation mm-hmm. 4 version of the VR. Um, and the first iteration had all these wires and things on it. Um, I think they're working on getting rid of most of that. Um, and at this point, and in a lot of the games, I guess Resident Evil 7 is supposed to be amazing. It's like a full, you know, it's a full game in VR, and it's like the amazing experience. All the other experiences that people say are really good are like short, like one to two hour experiences. And I keep saying experience because it's a game you play through and beat. Right. 
Um, but there are a few a few games that have got what's that Beat Saber has gotten huge. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw which some is videos almost on like that. a puzzle kind of game where blocks are coming at you and you're attacking them with lightsabers, you know, visually and yeah. and you're I guess people you know they have videos of people like punching things and breaking things in their room because they're playing Beat Saber and they don't know where they are in real life. <laughs> yeah, that's always going to be an issue. Um, but I think there's enough experiences out there now on PlayStation specifically. That if the price of the headset came down to, I think, I mean, it's getting there. Mm-hmm. It was at like five, four hundred bucks, then it dropped to like three hundred. I think now it's like two fifty, but now they're selling them reused for two hundred. Like it's getting to the point where I'm starting to become interested in playing some of those things, specifically because you and I kind of talked about um, how we don't we don't play games for a long period of time for the most part. Right. You know, for me, a full game is like twenty hours. If it goes over that, I'm not. I don't really want to get into that because I want to play lots of different things. Right. So playing a VR experience where I come in here, you know, at the end of my day, if I allot an hour or two and I can play through a whole quote-unquote experience, that would be really cool. That's perfect for me. I've heard great things about, um, uh, it's a game called Moss. It's like a mouse a mouse game where you're controlling a mouse around. Oh. Um, I've heard there's like that Eagle Flight game is supposed to be really good. There's a bunch of things that I've heard are just amazing. Just, they're short. Oh. And then they're they're constantly on sale like 90% off. That's cool. I don't have a PS4, so I'm not in that world yet. But there was one on the Samsung. Yeah, bigger, bigger barrier for entry if you don't have the PS4. Yeah, already. exactly. Um, the the Samsung VR. There was one game that was a mini putt, like mini golf. Oh yeah, and yeah. like you could swing the little controller in it. You could see your your club and very interesting courses. My kids and I we played that for a couple weeks, and, oh, yeah. and cool. we really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun and. It was just short, so we finished it, and then we kind of moved on. Yep. There wasn't a lot more. So, no, I, I'm I'm optimistic about it. Like, I, how cool would that game be if they just kind of released, like, every month there was a new nine-hole pack, and then there's, like, high scores. Yeah. And then the next month there's a new nine-hole pack, and these, they are, it's not, you know, something like that. Yeah. Like, I don't, even if it looked like Horizon, uh, the, the Horizon game, we really love the driving game. Yeah. Kind of like, I mean, good looking, but pseudo, it's 3D, but it's not high resolution or anything. Yeah. Even if I was in that world. Yeah. Like, if it's a good, solid gameplay and I could play in there and they just kept releasing stuff, that would be cool. I agree, yeah. And think about, like, a game like the walking simulators, like Shen- Shenmue. Is that oh. how you pronounce it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Shenmue. Shenmue, Shenmue. Which I don't know if you've ever played it, but it just wasn't my cup of tea. Um, but I think in VR, that would be kind of neat. Exploring a town. Oh, yeah. Walking around, going to vending machines and And I think stuff. a lot of those experiences are just that. Like, yeah. you walk in and play with stuff. There's no game. Yeah. That that would be cool in VR. In in regular, it's I think it gets boring, but yeah, cool. All right. Do would you like to announce our Patreons for us, sir? I would. And of course, keep in mind if you guys would like to partake in the giving of money to us, yeah, which, <laughs> which we is what always, it is, which we always encourage. We encourage that. Uh, Patreon dot com forward slash Pixel Guide and P E oh P E X. I'm gonna give you the wrong spelling. P I X E L G A I D E N. So our Patreon subscribers, or supporters, I think it's better. Supporters. They support. Tim Drew. Tim Tessier. Mm-hmm. And I'll get to that later. I know you will. <laughs> Henrik Ladafagad. Roy Fielding. Gary Heather. And Dustin Newell. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. They have bought our beer for the day, awesome. metaphorically speaking. Which we should dig out soon, right? That is what time it is. If you can go ahead and pull those out. Uh, I'm going to ask you live, on, while you do that, live on air, live to tape, whatever this is. Um, I had an idea, and it's simply to, we, we kind of do this every time anyways, but I want to make an official segment where we 
uh, instead of asking each other quick questions every time, yeah, I'd like to ask the questions from our listeners. Okay. So, uh, podcast at pixelguiden.com. We'd love to get some questions from you. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. Uh, Eric is at the project, D U H project. And I am at oddball49, O D D B A 1149. Or you could do the Pixel Guiden Twitter or, feed. Even better, Pixel we're on there. underscore Guiden. We are on there at Pixel underscore Guiden, which is honestly just Eric acting as the show. And every once in a while, he gets his personal and his show twitter backwards and that happened are you shotgunning that thing what's happening over there he's like fighting with this beer there we go he made it happen so unfortunately i so i brought these beers the label Ooh. got messed up on the ice but i will explain it oh wow yeah it's just blue and uh white all over is what it is right now because i have a, a small story if you will indulge me. oh i see what it is okay indulge so there is a brewery i will pour there is a brewery that is about half a mile from my house my wife and i will ride our bikes over there all the time we play some board games there with our neighbors and we will enjoy their beer and this is one of them they bottled it this is an english lab porter black Ooh, i do like porters it is october it's supposed to be getting colder right now it's not it's so, like 90 out degrees but. exactly so th- so they're dreaming dog basically they like to have dogs at their brewery so you're welcome to them bring actually, your dogs. yeah, yeah. And we went this weekend, and there was a ton of dogs there. But I decided to grab this as a local brew. But the problem is, I don't know if you've heard this, they're going to tear down that whole complex and build a hospital there. Really? That's like a new complex, new-ish. It's a newish complex, and it's doing better than ever. It's packed every weekend. There's cars filling the lot. They, this hospital decided to buy it and destroy all the buildings and build a giant hospital with a helicopter pad and emergency trauma unit but the problem is i'll appreciate that when i break my leg maybe maybe but the problem is they don't they're it's not affiliated with any large uh hmo or anything so it's chances are you're not going to be able to go there anyway they don't won't take your insurance so i'm bummed out money yeah i'm bummed out because they're going to have to relocate hopefully they have the money to relocate because the guy installed all the vats and everything oh yeah it's just a very disappointing story all the people that are in the in that building are really upset by this yeah so anyway so don't this, mean to bum us out but so this one is to them to them to to local business in general which we are always trying to promote yep um i'm going to cheers with you so you can take a sip okay because yeah. there you go take a sip in a in an attempt to make sure those delicious beer sounds which i would say went really well uh, i have a lot of head on my beer so yeah. i'm going to let that calm down What's your okay. initial impression, though? Oh, I've and I've had this one before. I wanted you what, to try what's it. it. Do you say what it's called? It is an English lab, English black lab porter. Okay, English black lab. Well, they name all their beers after, after dogs. dogs. Yeah, yeah. But it is very, very good. It's got a little hint of chocolate, little hint of cocoa. Nice. So let's go ahead and admit some errata. Okay. Actually, you know what? I take a sip I'm first take a sip now. because I want your input on this because this is one of our my wife and I love this one. Mm, it, yeah, it's a porter, but usually porters are very sweet. This one's kind of dry. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, very coffee, but not sweet. Exactly. So thought you'd like that one. I do like it. This is good. It's a because of that. I I wouldn't call it. I guess not a light porter, but it's no, kind of, it doesn't have that extra weight of the. Of the sweetness. Yep. So how many uh, black labs would you give this? I do love me a porter. Um, I've been I've been really spoiled. My buddy, again, John. 
Yeah. Who he's going list to listen to some episodes and then uh, try to hop on the show if he can. He wants to bring some beer. He's been spoiling me with uh, some of those uh, juicy IPAs lately. Yeah. I've really got a taste for them lately. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There's another good one. He uh, he might bring it next time. I don't know. Moonraker. Oh, yeah. They make, they make a few different yeah. juicy IPAs. And, uh, they're really good. Um, this is good, though. So with beer, we do a standard 10-point rating, right? We don't get too wacky with the beer. Oh, we don't? I don't know, do we? Yeah, we go crazy. Do whatever. Go crazy? Whatever. whatever. I will give this a 16 out of 20 um, moving business sales signs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my bad. That was in poor taste. Well, they'll make it. I hope so. We'll see what happens. We're going to have to pull this episode if they start listening. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'd give it the same. Yeah? Yeah, I don't want to be boring with my rating, but I think I would put it right in there. It's not the best port I've ever had, but it's really good. Two thumbs up. Yep. And there's the second one. Yay! Yay! All right. Arata, what did we do wrong last time? Well, first of all, I want to apologize to Dustin. So we have these two mics we're used to using. We set up the third mic. You brought it. It's a really nice mic, mm-hmm. but it's a dynamic mic rather than a condenser mic. So when Dustin was right on the mic, it sounded great. And then as you and I kind of do, as the night goes on, we kind of back away and get more comfortable. Yeah. And it still picks us up. That mic doesn't do that. So uh, he got very quiet as he went on, and I didn't take the time to edit every single thing he said at a certain volume. So Dustin got a little quiet. Yeah. So I apologize. We, you can still hear him, but I strive for perfection, <laughs> and I failed. Uh, also, we were talking about um, the new Apple Arcade version of uh, Beneath the Steel Sky. But it's called Beyond a Steel Sky, and it's actually like a sequel. So when we were sitting there watching the video, I was like, oh, it's Beyond a Steel Sky, as if that was the original game from like the Amiga and the PCs back in the uh, 90s. Oh, okay. Nope, that's Beneath a Steel Sky. This is a sequel to that. Okay. Also, we were talking about the uh, Evercade. Yes. With the cool little handheld that we're both very interested in. Yeah. Um, and Mega Cat Studios, which makes cool indie games, and they have a cartridge coming out for the Evercade. And I continued to call them Mad Cat over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Which is like the Mad Cats, like the crappy controllers, that, the, uh, right, the third right, controller right, you right. had that you'd only let your buddy use, and you're like, no, That's I'm not right. using that. That's for the... Whoever <laughs> loses gets the Mad Cats controller. That's right. <laughs> um, and then the last thing is not errata. I just want to bring it up. Um, I was uh, I got reached, reached out to on Twitter from Robin from the 8-Bit Show and Tell. I don't know if you've heard of that, but I have. Yeah, he he reached out because I guess he listened to one of our episodes and heard us refer to. Uh, I actually heard it from another show. I can't remember what show it is, and we talked about that. But uh, games that are platformers where you die over and over and over and over again, yeah. lots of checkpoints. Yep. And I referred to him as a platformer, and he actually apparently came out with a game called Splatform in 2001, and then uh, uh, ported it to mobile in 2014. So he's asking if we had heard of it or if he, where, where I got that term, and unfortunately I cannot remember where, but... I hear it all over the place. Are you starting to hear it everywhere? Yeah. I've, I've I, only heard it once or twice before. I've heard it on a couple of different podcasts other okay. than our own, and so I, I thought it was just part of the vernacular that's out there. Hmm. So... I'm sure the Retronauts will get credit for it. <laughs> that's how it usually works. Um, but yeah, cool, Robin. Uh, I haven't... I actually didn't... Re- I saw some screenshots. I didn't really get to check it out. Um... I guess I think both of them are kind of out of circulation now because the, the mobile platform has moved on since 2014. Yeah, so you can't really get that anymore. Right. Um, and I don't I don't know where the 2000 version went, but I saw I saw screenshots and it looks like a platformer. Right so on. I thought that was pretty cool. 
Uh, I guess that brings us right up to the news. News? News? Oh, there's a button for that. Is that what you're, <laughs> is that what you're trying to show me right now? <laughs> yeah. Well, first and foremost, make sure you guys know, if you don't listen to us regularly, this might not be the most newsy of news. Right. But it's news to us, and now we want to talk about it. Yeah. But this first one actually is news, and I want to make sure all of our listeners know. Oh, wait. That was the wrong one. Here we go. All right. There it is. There it is. Amy West 2019 is coming to town in Sacramento, California, where you can join a bunch of us nerds and talk about Amigas and fringe amiga related yeah things very cool this will be my <laughs> this will be my my third one i think I've, I've gone to and i had never even heard of it until i was like eric we should go well we'll, we'll talk about that later but and uh you're like yeah i go to that all the time well I don't, not, all, <laughs> not all the time but it's gonna be cool i you know there are a couple guys on twitter that have said that they're going and they once i mean i'm not saying it's because of us but i'm pretty I'm, sure it I'm is kind of saying I, it is yes. yeah but um, we said we'd be there, and like, uh, there's a great guy. Uh, he goes by Ten Mark. It's Ten Minute uh, Amiga, uh, Amiga Retrocast. Retrocast. Yeah, absolutely. And his name's Doug. He's going to be there. He's going to have an exhibit there with uh, the, his Checkmate Amiga. The Checkmate. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see that thing. Me too. Because again, I saw the uh, video that Pixel Vixen put up of uh, installing one of those things, and it's, yeah. uh, it looks neat. Looks and, really neat. And there was uh, that, another guy. Um, well, we know Mr. Toast from the meeting is going to be there. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to catching up. But we met uh, Mr. Toast, one of our listeners, yep. which is pretty cool. Yep. And there's cool. somebody else. But so there's going to be some cool people there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Oh, uh, I can't think of his name right now. But the guy that called me out on using the word shmups is going to be there. <laughs> oh, right on. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second, too, I think. We but. should get some t-shirts made that say shmups on it. Shmups rule. And on the back, it says pixel guy down. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, that is, by the way, for the people who are waiting for me for actually to say a date, uh, Amiga West 2019, the 22nd Amy West show. Oh, it's called Amy West, not Amiga West. I keep saying that. Celebrating over two decades of Amy West and related events, October 23rd to 27th, 2019, at the Holiday Inn Express Cal Expo. Um... 2224 Auburn Boulevard, Sacramento, California, 95821. Yes. There you go. There's your information. Very cool. Um, yeah, I heard about a lot of cool things that uh, people that are going to be there. I think Amiga Kit, uh, Amiga yeah. on the Lake. I'm looking at some of their their Hyperion, which just came out with a new Amiga OS, four point something. Um, Every year I buy something there. Sometimes it's something small, like I bought a SCSI to SD card thing, and another year I bought an external Amiga three and a half inch drive. Um, so I'm hoping, I just hope there's something there that I really want to get. So I, for me, I'm just excited to meet all these people. Like me too. it's, 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 uh, it's like, you know, it's being Twitter starstruck or YouTube starstruck, right? I got to go see, uh, yeah. like you said, Doug, that's going to be really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's going to be people that, people that are, uh, looking forward to seeing who makes this amazing voice and your amazing <laughs> voice and they're going to be grossly underwhelmed, but right. Um, that's cool. I think that's cool. I'm probably only going to be there one day, realistically. I think um, I'm going to be there the Saturday. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, you and I are going to have to make sure we're there the same day. Otherwise, that'd be really weird. That would be weird. <laughs> so I think we're going to show up that Saturday. So if you guys want to come see us, um, we'll be the guys wearing the Pixel Guide N shirts, right? Right. Are you? Are you I, really? I think so, yeah. Okay. I'm a, you know, we got we to gotta represent. Right on. So, Justin Beaver. The uh, singer? Justice Beaver. The, the amazing actor, singer, the, the triple threat dancer. 
So I think we talked about this. Justice Bieber, I, I how long ago? Justice Bieber? It's Justice Bieber. Bieber, yeah. You said Bieber. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I kickstarted this, what did we decide, five years ago? Yeah, it was about five years ago. Because you said yep. six, but I was like, no, I got my tweet it, yeah. here. Five years ago. So this is the rare Kickstarter that I that has failed for me. I, I consider it a failure because, I mean, it's five years. But now it looks like it's really going to make it. I'm not going to hold my breath because I've been I've been kind of um, smacked around on this one too many times, you know, where there's been a date like, hey, it's coming out and it doesn't. So I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to hold my breath. But yeah. we've seen screenshots and it looks pretty good. It actually looks a whole lot better. So I from it's Collector Vision Games that's making this game, making this, yes. this title. And yeah, you're right. That was out for like two years before I kickstarted Sydney Hunter. Yeah, for the Super Nintendo, which I got two years later. Yeah, and now it's been another year after that, and you still haven't gotten Justice Beaver. Nope. But um, and I will applaud one decision. They 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 were going to make a um, what is the the uh, like a clone of Rick Dangerous? Was it Rick Dangerous or? Yeah, yeah. They mentioned Rick Dangerous and. Uh, once they got into it, they were like, I, we think we can make a better, more unique game. So they literally just halted production and restarted from scratch, which hmm. is why it's taking so long. Hmm. This is going to be a the more... It looked more interesting. It still didn't look like a fully um, you know, high production you know, retail release. Yeah. But it does look like... It looks kind of like a... It, take this the way I mean it, but it looks, like, looks kind of like an Amiga platformer or Amiga run and gun. Right. I, I got to admit, after all this time, I, I'll play it, and I'm looking forward to it. But I am looking more forward to like the Phantom Gear that we talked about last episode yeah. on the Genesis. Yeah, from, that looks really cool. Was that was from Mega Cat, right? Mega yep. Cat's controllers. No, <laughs> Mad Cat's. Mad Cat. Yeah, yeah, no, it was Mega Cat. Right? <laughs> Absolutely right. It was Mega Cat. Um, but there, so I'm looking more. That, that one actually looks better to me. But mm-hmm. I'll, I'm going to give them a fair shake, and we'll talk about them on the show. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of physical releases when they came out with both this and Sydney Hunter. So yeah. when I got mine. I was really excited that I got a physical release. As you guys have heard on the show, I was a little underwhelmed by the game, but you know, yeah, I yeah. actually got the digital, so I'm going to throw in my EverDrive. Oh, it was digital only? No, no, they have physical ones. But no, but I, you got a digital only. I only got digital only. See, I don't think that was even an option when I when I got mine. Probably wasn't. I got in early. It was ten bucks, so I only oh, spent okay. ten bucks. So, like I said, I wasn't out. Of, you know, I wasn't crying because the Kickstarter didn't work. But Justice Beaver, where yeah. did you go? So I wanted it so bad. Yep. He was a beaver and he just wanted justice. (laughs) Um, This is a simple little thing, but I just recently found, again, news to me. I talked about Ion Maiden, Mm -hmm. uh, the cool uh, game built in like the uh, uh, 3D engine. uh, What do you call it? 3D Realms. What do you call it? Uh, Build engine. Yeah. And um, it was a really cool looking game. And then it kind of disappeared. But a new game popped up called Ion Fury, which looked very similar. And I found out recently that that's because Iron Maiden, the band, which was clearly a part of the naming scheme there, yeah, uh, basically threatened a lawsuit, so they changed it. That's that's, that's kind of weird. Garbage. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> I don't like that, but okay. So no longer do you rock Iron Maiden because you no. are affecting small developers. So uh, next item here. This is actually very interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you, have you heard this yet? This is shocking. Shocking news. Shocking news. Shocking news! Extra, extra, read all about it! Um, 
Miss Pac-Man, the license, is now owned by At Games. Everyone's favorite At Games. Yeah, they are uh, They are not what I would consider a good steward for um, uh, something that has the pedigree of Ms. Pac-Man. You know now, what I mean? Now, I am completely throwing a bunch of things I've heard together in my mind. and This might not be true at all, but from what I gathered, yeah. it seemed like At Games put out a mm-hmm. Mrs. Pac-Man handheld or... Or they, plug-in or they whatever. They make those little they doodads those, yeah. that play single games or In fact, whatever. I think it's the cheap little like fourteen ninety nine one you get at Walmart that I think yep. it's a controller that plugs in, only has one game. That's correct. Yeah, which, yeah. Uh, anyways. Right. No. You know, their usual at-games garbage. Uh, and I believe, uh, is it Taito that owns Pac-Man? Is that Taito? They used to, yeah. Um, anyways, the owner of Pac-Man basically sued them for using Mrs. Pac-Man. Although Mrs. Pac-Man was actually owned by another company that wasn't Taito. I think Taito thought they owned it, but they didn't. Okay. Because if you remember, Mrs. Pac-Man was a like a ROM hack originally, right? Way back in the arcade days? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I okay. believe Pac-Man came out. Someone came out with Mrs. Pac-Man. And they said, hey, Taito said, we'll buy that from you because that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, that this is all hearsay. But anyways, uh, so it sounds like At Games went out, found the actual license holder, bought it from them, and now gets to rub it all over Taito's face and say, look at we own your, your license, that and we'll sit, continue to make our... That doesn't sit well with me. Nothing At Games has done really sits that well with no, me. No, I don't own anything by At Games because I've heard of their crappy quality, so I have I don't own anything by them. Well, again, the Coleco and the Intellivision up yeah. there, I know you were... You were you were I, interested in getting one of those. I was but. thought I thought about it, and then I just didn't. But um, and I probably would. Those if are kind of cool. I you and those, those come up on cool. on Goodwill for fifteen bucks every once in a while. So go. I'll probably grab one someday. But to be a steward of such a such a grand game, I actually like Ms. Pac Man better than Pac Man because the I agree the enemy AI is more is is randomized other than patterns, and the pattern games just don't interest me that uh, that yeah. much. So I don't know. That's kind of sad. And Junior Pac Man, my favorite. Oh, yes. I, yeah, actually, I really like that one. You introduced that to me on the 2600, yeah, yep, right? Yep, on yeah. a previous show. Yeah. Uh, here's a news, news item sent in by one of our uh, contributors over the sea. Yep. Which one? You'll never know. Okay, it's Tim. <laughs> Sanction. Sanction. Uh, it's not sanction. That's how I say it. Sanction. English or Englishifying. No, he's English. I'm Americanifying it, that English. Um. So there's an album that came out by a guy named James Marsh. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's mm-hmm. called The Gaming Muso. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Volume 1. And this guy basically makes these uh, really well-done, orchestrated metal tracks off of video games, old classic video games. Have you heard any of this stuff? I have not, and I want to. I saw the link that he posted, and I wanted to check it out. I just ran out of time. Yeah. I think it was only um, like seven ninety nine to download the digital version of the album or something like that. Okay. All right, so I found it. It's seven ninety nine pounds or seven pound ninety nine. That's how they say it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a digital album. There, you see this dude looking like a straight up eighties shredder next to a huge jukebox. Um, and so, what's the deal with this? Because I don't know anything about it. So these oh, are just by the actual compact disc ten ninety nine. These but, are just tunes from video games, right? Yeah. In fact, I'll just run you down the track. There's ten, uh, ten songs on here. Looks like a, a song from Outrun called Splash Wave. Mm-hmm. Gradius 3, Sandstorm. I love Gradius 3. Uh, DuckTales, The Moon Level, which oh. is... Everyone loves The Moon Track. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good track. That's a good game, too. Uh, Double Dragon, uh, a song called City Slums. I'm sure I'd recognize it. Super Hang On, Outside or Outride a Crisis from Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Emerald Hill Zone. That's a classic. Yeah. And uh, from Sonic Adventure, Windy and Ripley, The Duke Nukem Theme, 
um, song from Snatcher and uh, Road Avenger. I guess there's only one song in that. Um, I'm sure we'd recognize most of these when we heard them. And yeah. I did listen to it. I'm not going to play it here because of copyright and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, check it out. It sounded pretty good, the, the little bit I've heard so far. Cool. Thank you, Tim, for sending that in. Yep. Uh, this is from, well, this is from me, but it's also from Dustin, from uh, my, my boy Dash16 from our last episode. Hey, Apple Arcade is officially live. Wow. And he went ahead and signed up for it, and he's been playing stuff on it. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm going to do it. Okay. Um, I think it's free for the first 30 days, and it's five bucks a month. And there's just so many games on there that I really want to try. So what my, my thought, honestly, is I'm going to try to finish the games I'm playing right now mm-hmm. and then sign up for that 30-day trial and see if I can get through the Shantae game. Um, that one he liked that was like a Metroidvania underwater. Okay. really cool. Yeah. There's actually quite a few on there that look really cool. And what I like about it is essentially it's all the good mobile games, all the, the stuff that you would want to play with all the kind of mobile BS taken out. Okay. And a controller. So there's good stuff out there. It's just usually riddled with ads or... So you, wait, you sign up for the free deal, then how do you get the controller? You said there's a controller? Well, I would use a controller, yeah. You can use your controller. Yeah, I would okay. use, I'm going to use my Apple TV and use probably my, okay. my uh, 8-bit I don't controller. Have, I don't have any Apple stuff, so I'm, I, I can't even do it, right? I mean, I, I have my iMac, I guess. Yeah, I'd probably work on that. <laughs> All right. And then whatever controller you can connect to your iMac. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Maybe. I'm, I'm eager to hear. I'd like to wait and see what you guys think. Yeah. But if it's good, I, I, well, it's the thirty day it. trial, so I don't but. hate Apple. I actually like some. No, of the I know. Stuff, I, but... I tried to make you look like a bad guy last time. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So the Sega Genesis Mini is out. You don't say. And we talked about it last episode, so I'm not going to go into it, the games or whatever. But it is out, and I don't know if you've been following the feedback online, but it's generally very positive i've seen only good things so far super good things and spoiler alert we will be talking about it and catching up because i got one. Oh, very good wah, wah, wah. oh did we do that again <laughs> but yeah eric got a mini i got I'm, I've, I've added another mini to the uh to the to the herd and i'll get there in like two or three months i'm sure yep. so anyway I'll we'll talk up. about that on catching up but it is out and it is it's very favorable reviews games are great since this is newsworthy i need to ask yeah. It's been out for, like, more than a day, so is it hacked yet? It is. <laughs> uh, you know, the hacks are in their kind of uh, ru- rudimentary state right now, so I'm going to wait till they're polished, and I'm playing a few games right now and using save states, so I don't want to screw that up, um, and the games are great that I'm playing, and uh, as soon as I'm done with those, I will see what's out, and I, I definitely will hack it. I, I will I- hack any mi- mini I can get uh, my hands really? on. So, yeah. that's, I mean, you already know, but I hacked the... Uh, the NES Mini? Yes. Because there's not too much great stuff on there. And right. I put a bunch of stuff on there I wanted to put on there. But my SNES Mini, I never did hack because it's already great as it is. It's got good like stuff, yeah. Amazing games. And if I seriously, if that was my only video game console for two years, I probably would not get bored. Right. Like all the stuff around me here is just extra. You're filth. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, if I get that or when I get this, I'll probably just keep it stock. Yeah. I mean, I have an EverDrive and all that stuff, so. Right. Um, you know, if I'm if I'm honestly going to take one of these minis on a trip or something, there's plenty of good stuff on there I'm going to play. So. Definitely. Anyways, very cool. Um, we already talked about Evercade a little bit, but newsworthy information, they announced another cart. Have you heard of the cart? I did not. I didn't hear this, so this is news to me. They uh, announced a new Technos collection. And if you don't know Technos, it's another classic. Uh, it's not quite Capcom or Konami levels of, <laughs> right. of uh, big, but it's still a big, it was a big company back then. Yeah. And this one cart is going to bring us Double Dragon, yep. Double Dragon 2, uh, Super Double Dragon, 
if you're getting a hint here. Yeah. River City Ransom, Super Dodgeball, Renegade, Super Spike Volleyball, and Crash and the Boys Street Challenge. And so those are all affectionately known as Kunio Kun games. Okay. So they could have called it the Kunio Kun Collection, but uh, all those guys are kind of that short, chibi. Um, yeah. I guess I guess his name is Cunio or what I don't know. It's a it's kind of a a world a mythos if you will of a, a Japanese street gangs. Yeah, this sounds good to me though. I love beat 'em ups, double dragon games. I mean, if they're done right, are great. And the, I imagine these are going to be pretty much near perfect arcade. Have you played any Radi- River City Ransom? I no, did. Talk about it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which I is cool because it's a beat 'em up, but it's not just scroll left and right and try to get through the game. It's you can play it single player and beat people up, collect coins, buy things, upgrade, save. Like it's a yeah. RPG beat em up. Yep. Which is worth playing to me. No, this is a great addition. I mean, we never. So on the Evercade, you, you can only do the certain uh, packs that they provide, right? So you can't pick your packs. Yeah, we talked about that. Um, yeah. You can only get the three packs, which are like, I want to say the Namco one. Was it a Taito one? And then there was one other one that I was actually kind of interested in the head. Yeah, there's for the old ones, John, because there's Mega Cat one, right? Yeah, there is, but yeah, you didn't with the three pack that with comes the with pack, it. That's you right. couldn't, that's you right. couldn't order, so you'd order those extra. Yeah, but um, the th- my thing is, I didn't want to, or I didn't want those the three that came with it. One of one of the three I did. I, I no, I'm looking forward to it, and this this is definitely a pack I'd be I'd be interested. Yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they also kind of mentioned. I I heard them like on Twitter mention someone asked about. The whole game pack, like the whole having every game, the all in one or all in collection or whatever. Yeah, and I guess that was not put together by them. That was put together by uh, Funstock.co. By the retailer, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that was their idea. So they're like, we know nothing about that. They that's how they're selling it. So they can do what they want. I, so. Not not to pile on another crappy thing about GameStop, but I'm gonna. Do you Please remember do. when they used to do the bundles when consoles would first come out? So they would have a bundle, and then they would. They, the only way you could buy the bundle because it was hard to find was if they they would pack on like three or four games into oh, the bundle. Sounds, did you ever, that did you ever see right. that? That was, they used to do that. It was so underhanded. So oh yeah, yeah. Like we don't have any systems unless you get the system with the four pack. We got plenty of those, and there was no discount. It was like you can get it with these four games, and it's all you know. I, I that was that's we what, didn't technically mark it up. Right. We yeah. just want to sell you more stuff. That's one thing I'll always... They don't do it anymore, but that was one thing I just hated about GameStop. But they still do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, the Amigos. Yeah! Our boys of the Amigos, who came out with a second show called uh, Our Sinclair, which is a ZX Spectrum podcast. Which I love. They decided they still had excess time in their lives. Yep. And uh, they came out with a show based on the color computer, Tandy Color Computer, called The Coco Show. Which I want to hear. Have they released uh, an Not, episode yet? I think I, this week will be the first, right? This I, yeah, I looked for it this morning, and there wasn't an episode released that I could find. But um, it's coming soon, for sure. So if you are already way behind on your podcast, prepare to be yeah. even more way behind on your podcast. Just promise us you listen to us first and foremost. <laughs> and uh, and then the Migos and all their shows. They do ARG Presents. Well. like the, That's a YouTube. I've actually not listened to that. Well, it's YouTube only? Well, I think there is, might be also be a podcast, but it, I think it's... It's YouTube. That's Aaron and somebody else, not John. That's right. I can't what remember I his name, but yeah, it's it's a guy. He, he's he's a guest hosted on uh, Amigos before, um, but they do so much stuff. It's pretty. It's awesome. I'm running out of money though. I can't keep supporting all their podcasts, so <laughs> I got to put the kibosh. I'm tired on that of hearing your point. name on all their podcasts. <laughs> And is that a Spectrum game? You say? Yep. So there is a new game called Mage Rage. 
And I think it, I saw that on Indie Retro News. Yep, and one cool thing I really like about this game is that it is a maze game that is kind of like like a kind of like Berserk, but it's got deeper elements to it. And I think well, I know it, you love Berserk, so that oh, I do love Berserk and Frenzy and and all those games. There it is. Yeah, Mage Rage. I've been playing a lot of Spectrum recently, which we'll get to later. But um, I do love that system. It is pretty good. I need to. Mine is still packed away, just because it's hard to set Yours up all my computers. It is, is the bigger. plus two is bigger. Yeah, I got the little forty eight k with the rubber keys, and yep. it's so small I can pull that in out any time and, and tuck you can, it into you, that shoebox. Literally, and you, and you can box. use the little ZX Spectrum as a controller. Like you can use the keys, right? Uh, you, could. <laughs> you could. You <laughs> could. You could. But no, I use a. I use that my cigar box Commodore controller I made. So check that out. I mean, little tiny sprites, no color clash. Looking pretty good, pretty good. Oh, there's color class. Look, look yeah, a little through bit. The, look through the white, the dice there. Oh yeah, stuff. yeah, there it is. You know what this almost looks like to me is, um, oh no, but you're that you're the wizard in the center there. He's yeah. shooting all kinds of mice are all over the place right now. Yep. Yeah, this looks cool. But see all the little stats over there, doodads and whatnots. Doodads and whatnots. I'm all, I'm all about gadgets the and gizmos and aplenty. Exactly. Who's it and what's it's galore. This looks great, right? I you don't want think about bobs. I, yep. I don't think this is out yet. I got twenty. <laughs> 20? Do you know where I'm going with this? No. I'm singing The Little Mermaid. And you have, I'm, I guess I'm glad that you didn't recognize yeah, it. Yeah, I so. don't. <laughs> but no, it looks pretty good. The thing I've noticed about ZX Spectrum games, and I'll, again, talk about this more next uh, on our next show, but um, they're really fun, quick arcade games a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but you really have to read how to either watch a video or read a manual to learn what you're doing. Right. Because if you just jump into them, they're almost all... Um, outside the norm i guess at and least I, for what us americans are used to and i think back then they did that just to add some depth to the games don't wouldn't you think oh yeah i mean you nowadays buy, everything unless it's a proven formula they don't do it for the most part yeah you buy them on cassettes and then in the cassette liners they show you what to do you know what i mean they have a the little manual in i'm there. so jealous that we don't get they didn't get cassettes you know and even on the c64 we really didn't get them here that Mm-mm. much it was all discs but i like tim sent over pictures of all his collection it's just yeah. these little cassettes that cost relatively you know inexpensive yeah and he still collects them they look so cool he sent me you know he sent me four when when i yeah. or five whatever when i got my spectrum and every once in a while, I'll just open, even though I haven't loaded one yet because I still don't have a data set. Yeah, I, I'll open those up and just thumb through it and just check out the artwork and like, yeah. it's he, just cool. It's so he cool. sent me that jetpack for the Z- for the Vic twenty. Vic twenty, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I I don't have my data. Re- I have a data recorder, but it needs to be aligned, and I'm lazy, so I haven't <laughs> done it yet. Uh, but I really want to do that because that is really cool. It's absolutely cool. So cool. Next. I already got it up. Pinball dreams on the CPC. I I, I heard about this like. I, th- I want to say like a year ago and pinball dreams is a big game on the amiga have you played it on the amiga so again i, I want to touch base here okay i have played it on the amiga yeah okay um this is pulling back the curtain a little bit here but uh the vast majority not the vast majority i shouldn't say that the largest percentage of listeners for the show are indeed on the west coast of america okay so for those who don't know <laughs> touching base again yeah the amiga is a computer that came out uh, what, 86, 87? Um, it's a wedge-shaped computer, and it was kind of a... This is going to sound really dumb and American, but it is what it is. I, it's almost like a computer Super Nintendo is what it feels like to me. like the way yeah. it lo- Or a Genesis. Sure. It's like a, it looks like 16-bit stuff. Uh, wedge-shaped computer with a keyboard all built in one. and uh, But it was huge. It, was, it was, had some success, minute, minutia. 
Yeah. Minute amount of uh, success over here and much bigger in England. The 500, 600, and 1200 were wedge computers, but there were, they also had desktop Amigos, 1000, 2000, 3000. That's true. I stand corrected. So um, the the CPC here is from a company called Amstrad, which we never got. No, we did not get those at all here. There were some, I've looked at Amstrad PCs. There's Amstrad PCs and there's Amstrad like stereos and stuff that made it over here. Right. I remember the PCs. We never got the CPC. And this is a machine I'm very interested in now, by the way. But yeah. Anyway, so it's a port. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I a have port. played it on the Amiga, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's a port, um, but it looks fantastic, and Pinball Dreams is a fantastic game. I haven't loaded this up because I have the Mr. FPGA. I could load this up on the CPC core. I haven't yet, but I've seen the videos, and it looks really good. It looks exactly like the Amiga version, and the Amiga version was awesome. So Now... So I, I think I played Pinball Fantasies, technically, because none of these tables I'm looking at here are the ones I remember. Huh. Um, now, the, the, now, the Amstrad CPC is a lower... Um, uh, I thought it was... It's not as strong as the Amiga. It's, it, it's more of a... It's a Commodore and ZX Spectrum competitor. I would think it's somewhere in between. So I think it's somewhere in between what I would consider... I take that back. The the I'm because I've been learning about this because I've been really interested in getting an Amstrad. Yeah. The CPC four six four was the competitor to Commodore and ZX Spectrum. Right. And then they came out with a sixty one twenty eight. I'm probably saying that wrong. Which is like the next step, like the sixteen bit almost right. version of it. And that looks because this definitely looks lower resolution than the Amiga. Yeah. But I'm gonna be honest with you, the way it looks appeals to me more than the super clean, almost sterile way the Amiga looks. How dare you? I know. I like this. I like the the chunky. It's really bright. Yeah, it is bright. But I I, I love all the pinball games on the Amiga. I mean, they're all really good. Tilt and uh, pinball dreams, pinball fantasies. Uh, they're some of my favorite favorite uh, games on the Amiga. But this looks fantastic. So so pinball dreams here is the one that has ignition, steel wheel, beatbox, and what was the last one I just missed? Nightmare. Nightmare. Ooh, see, there's our Halloween theme coming back. Nightmare! There it is right there. Nightmare. That one looks cool. Yep. That is really cool. It's a port, but um, when they port something... I lo- when they down-res something, yeah. like that appeals to me. Yeah, like if Super Breadbox on yeah. the Commodore 64. That looks awesome. I, I was thinking about this recently. They even made a, an Atari 2600 version of Halo. Yeah. And it's just so cool to me. Like, I love that concept. Yep. So even though this is more or less the same game, the... Um, Physics and stuff are all completely done from the ground. Like, this is from the ground up port. This is not like, right? you know, it doesn't... You see the whole table for the most part. Um, everything just looks different. Yep. Cool. That's cool. I'm going to get an Amstrad one of these days. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make this announcement. Uh, even though our boy Tim is from The Future Was 8-Bit, The Future Was 8-Bit came out with a new line of physical games. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and they they all look pretty good. I mean, if you have the penultimate, not penultimate, but uh, well, yeah, the penultimate, yeah, penultimate as well. Some of them um, they're on there, but some of these are just exclusive to their cartridge um, library, and you can buy them individually. But I've noticed that he's he's just opened a ton of these. So, so what's cool about it is they call it the nine ninety nine range, which yeah. means nine pound ninety nine pence. Is it, they still call them pence. Um, so basically, ten pounds, which is. Uh, it's varying but right now it's only like 12 american dollars um and so these games if you look at it here they have the bronze tier silver silver tier and gold tier uh basically mean basic cart black and clear cart or custom cart um but anyways 
10, 15, or 20 pounds, basically. And um, the one that really got me again was Nibbler. Yeah. I, I, I just think it's a really great-looking VIC-20 game. It might not be graphically impressive, necessarily. It's just very clean-looking. Um, trying to find the whole the whole range here. Uh, there it is. And then uh, we've got Cheese and Onion, which they've had out forever. That's a fan. Have you played that? Yeah, it's like a plat. Considering that it's play a platformer on the Vic Twenty, yeah, it's pretty solid. I love it. It's got the tiny little sprites that I love. Um, fantastic game, Nibbler. Uh, I actually Nibbler. have enjoyed Nibbler. You know, I've gotten better with the joystick controls. On I think that. I just need to play it some more. I do. I like. I want to love the game. I love the concept. I love the way it looks. I Try love different controllers. You may find one that works a little bit better. I might do that. Marginally better. Uh, Future Fighter, which is like a space shooter they have. Haven't Spaceship played that one. Minus one. Okay. Uh, they've had that out for a while, but not in a 999 cart. And then they've got, those are all VIC-20 games. And then they've got three in their uh, Commodore 64 line here. They have uh, WTF. Only, we'll guess what that means. I haven't played that one. Uh, Super Gotron. Yep, haven't played that. And Mrs. Rodman. Oh, Ms. Rodman. Wow. Ms. Rodman, yeah. Now owned by one. Now owned by Atkins. Now- <laughs> <laughs> Do they own that one yet, guys? <laughs> no, I think, not yet. I believe... Um, I want to say this whole line down here. I think Super Gotron and Ms. Rodman are are by Misfit. Okay. Because um, Misfit has that picture, I know. So I know Ms. Rodman is. I think Super Gotron is as well. Let me click on it and see if that becomes apparent or not. But uh, yeah, yeah. Pr- pretty cool games. The, Ms. G- the Super Gotron almost has a um, Jeff Mintner kind of vibe to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Minter? Minter? Yeah. And then Ms. Rodman is... Uh, you know, if you haven't played played Rodman already from from this guy, Rodman's um, a great game. It's great, but basically it's Pac Man, but you also get uh, different kinds of mazes, and they're more more than one screen at a time. You can go off and to warp to a different part of a different screen, and uh, different pellets are take up different amounts of speed as you eat them, and it's it's a a lot more than just Pac Man. So it's a good one. It's a good one. There you go. Um. So I had a news item here for Quadron, which I know we talked about in the last episode, but I wanted to, you played it, I have not, so I wanted to get your insight into how that game is. Yeah, so I mean, you put it down here again, that Quadron was a a game that was made in like 86, 87. Yes. If your notes were correct, and I think, yeah, I would mentioned it last time, Uh, but they just basically had it released finally. Yeah. And uh, so the reason I I wanted to touch on this one is... Um, I downloaded the game and loaded it like any other ZX Spectrum game. Yes. Didn't know what the heck I was doing and shut it off and forgot about it. And I said, hmm, I'll have to read that sometime. And I never get around to doing that. I just say I'm going to do it. Uh, so then I heard um, on Twitter, uh, Tim said something about it. So I asked him, I'm like, is it a good game? He's like, yeah, you should watch Chinivision's yeah. YouTube video on it. And I had heard about Chinivision. I've never really watched much of his stuff or anything. So I said, you know what? Whatever. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And he basically played it for 20 minutes explaining like every minute detail like he i don't know if he went and looked it up somewhere or if he figured it out or whatever but he basically explained to me how to play that game and it's great it's a great little game hmm. um i'll have to give it a it's shot a, it's a solid b it's got definitely got that kind of it, to me it has that um again that quick over the top kind of like jetpack feel yes where when the enemy's around you're kind of frantic and there's things flying everywhere noises happen everywhere but there's more to it. You're kind of walking around this, I'm going to call it a spaceship or planet or whatever, and you're trying to find these things that are trying to like take over the planet, and you have to kill them all. So there's a map, an over map, to see where they all are, and you have to go out and flush them out before they take your precious materials. I can't remember exactly what the... But, yeah, it's pretty cool. And, you know, free download. Is that a spectrum? So go get it. 
cool. Actually, I, I believe it. I believe the download was you know you could, if you want it for free, you can download it for free, but you can also donate a couple bucks. And so. that's for forty eight k and above. Uh, yeah, forty eight k. Right on. Yeah. So I had one element here. Um, do you remember the? kickstarted joystick i got for my n64 from retro fighters it was oh, yeah. the brawler 64 oh yeah and i love it it's great and i've i funded a kickstarter for the new dreamcast um controller right yes so they have just released a the same guys retro fighters released a genesis controller okay and it works with the mini it works with a real genesis um and it Basically looks like a Genesis controller, but it has a little um, analog joystick, kind of like an Xbox 360 joystick. Now, why would that matter? With, well, if all the Genesis games were not made that way with an analog, why would that matter? You, it's just there as an option. You can still use it, and it's probably... I, I, I don't know... That was know Retro the, Bit, you said? Yeah, it was Retro Fighters. Oh, Fighters. Okay. Yep. I'm looking it up. That's what, Oh, yeah, there. Well, there's your brawler. There's the brawler. Which I do think that looks cool. I was looking at the um, the one so, from Hyperkin, which also looks n- usable, but try, this looks cooler. Try that link right there, yeah. Mm, for those who are not listening, I'm clicking on the link click, that you tried. Double click, double click. Double click. click, click. There it is, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, so you see the little ooh, thumb drive? Ooh, that's sexy. It actually looks pretty neat. It does. It really and good. And, spoiler alert, I will be talking about how I got the Mini, the Genesis Mini, but this would be kind of a welcome joystick for games like Street Fighter... Um, games where you have to do a Hadouken with like a quarter moon or I, a quarter I turn. Bet this works. So it has a nine pin then. I don't know. This would probably be USB, but it probably could have a converter. So I bet you could use this controller with PC games and other things, and that's where yes. the analog could come in. Yeah. Okay. But you can use it with the mini as well. It says yeah. you can use it with the mini. Yeah, it looks cool. <clears throat> I don't think it feel, fills a need for a better controller like the other ones do. Right. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's although neat. I although that being said, I hate the Genesis controller. So right, if this plugged into a real Genesis, I I would consider it. Anyways, so anyway, what's a, what's a GBA consoleizer? A GBA consoleizer is exactly what it says on the tin, as they say in UK. <laughs> um, Game Boy Advance. Uh, it's a kit you can buy online here, and I have the link in our show notes. Um, where you, I have to pull it up here. It's so cool. It, so I've been wanting to consoleize a lot of handheld systems. Which would be regardless. fun, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do a Game Gear, personally, because I think there's a lot of good games in there, and the Game Gear itself is not a great platform to play them on. No, it's not. Uh, the screen, even, you know, unless you pay like 200 bucks for a backlight and a new LCD or whatever. Poor, it's um, in poor battery life. Um, there's a lot of reasons not to. I don't have a Game Gear mainly because of its kind of faults from back in the day. Yeah. So, anyways, there's the consoleized GBA. Wow. So basically, you get this kit. I, this one's 3D printed. I think you might be able to get that as an option. But basically, there's a board in here mm-hmm. where you can buy a standard GBA, not a SP or anything like that. So like the cheap one that everyone you can find broken anywhere, and you pull the guts out of it. You add a few p- bits and pieces here, and now you've got a console. Yeah. And it actually has the Super Nintendo controller port in the front, so you can use it to. And oh, and it has HDMI out on the back. I have so you can a, plug your cartridges into it. You can plug a controller into it, and you play it on your TV. I have a Game Boy Advance that is would be perfect for this because I never use it because the screen is so utterly crappy and it, and the screen scratched up and it's it's kind of a beat up one. That would be brilliant. So they had a previous version of this. You can kind of see it here. Yeah, where it more or less just made a big wart that sticks onto the screen of it, your GBA. Yeah, and 
I, I wouldn't. I, say, it works. Yeah, I'm not the, hung up on the looks, but I would want it to work. It, did did they sell up, you the whole deal? It just doesn't seem. Yeah, I think. I think. I believe so. Because I would, I mean, being lazy as I am, I'd want the whole kit and caboodle, and I just shove the board in there and do, yeah, zip zip, and it's ready to go. Well, that was the old version. So yeah, this this new version basically creates a whole little console that is, you know, you can put rubber feet on and sit on your, on your desk, and uh, you've got a way to play your GBA games. Ooh, that version looks really cool. Yeah. We're looking at different 3D prints, basically different colors. Orange, black, Halloween. Uh, there you go. And that's your colors right there. Those are my colors. So I think that's a pretty cool little setup there. Or you can always just do what I do, and I bought the uh, yeah that GBA adapter that I plug into my Super Nintendo, and I can play GBA games through my TV. Yeah. But that's not HDMI. So depending on your needs, pretty cool. So, I mean, did you read up on this? Is it a kit that I can just buy if I'm lazy? Or do I have to go 3D print this and 3D print that and do this and that? I don't know about the 3D printed part of it, to be honest with you. Hmm. Um, If I could just buy it as a whole kit, I'd love to try that. But every single 3D printed thing I see looks the same. It's just in different colors. Yeah. So I don't know if they print them to your specifications, maybe? All right. Well. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'll need to do some research, but I would love to do a project like that. The next news item here is from Dustin, our what? boy Dash 16. What? Uh, and I say that because we were supposed to talk about it last time. We didn't. Oh. Um, Nintendo controller drift issues. Have you run into this yet? I have not <clears throat> run into it because I don't use my Joy-Cons all that often. I use the Pro Controller almost exclusively unless I'm on the road. So it's, uh, if you, I'm sure everyone who has a Switch or even has heard of a Switch has heard of the drift issue. I've heard basically, of it, yeah. Almost every single one seems to have basically where the controller, whether you're pressing left or not, inputs to the system tells it you're turning left yeah. and your screen just starts spinning or your guy moves somewhat the control <clears throat> input is stuck on the left and you can move the stick around and bypass it but as soon as you let go he starts going left again or whatever your game is and it's annoying and it doesn't allow you to play your games it and i've been it. playing my switch a lot more on the road because my son has basketball and this and that but so i don't want to run into this so what do i do can i just send it back can i shove it shove it up somewhere so now <laughs> according to dustin and the website that i did eventually find and put on here okay uh they are unofficially replacing units free of charge wow uh so previously you had to provide um you know proof of purchase and like a upc or all this kind of stuff now they're just saying send it in we'll replace it or fix it or whatever um so that's good the issue i had is i got one of these um I want to say at games. They're not at games. It's called A-Power. <laughs> they're called A-Power. It's the Mad Cats uh, Joy-Cons. Right? <laughs> uh, but no, they're the ones that are officially licensed from Nintendo um, or whatever. They're in Nintendo packaging, but they are from a different brand. They're called A-Power. Okay. And I bought one of the controllers, the Zelda one over there, and that one's doing it. And that's not even a Nintendo Joy-Con. It's not a Joy-Con. That's a regular old controller. Yeah. So um, I went online because I don't want to send it away and wait and have it come back. So I'm just like, like, is this the same exact issue? Is it a software thing? Is it a whatever? And, you know, you can't trust what you read online, as you know, trying to make a power supply. Uh, yeah, but, exactly. Uh, people are saying that a lot of times, like, little bits, like dust from the controller moving around, will, you know, it'll grind away some of the plastic and then dust builds up on one of the contacts. And then, so they're saying just blow it out with air. I'm like, well, I can do that and at least try that first. Sure. But... You that shouldn't have to do that. That, I've done, that I've, joystick's not that old. I put less than six hours on that joystick. Yeah. And I have not experienced any of my Joy-Cons yet, but I could see it happening. I'm using it more often, and I, I'm 
That, that, I don't know what does it. It's just weird. That does suck. It's a mystery. This is a big one, Eric. Okay. This is a big one. Kentucky Fried Chicken releases a game called I Love You, Colonel Sanders, a finger-looking good dating sim- simulator. <laughs> just a bad idea. <laughs> not a fan? No, that's not a good idea. <laughs> the good news is it's free, and you can download it on Steam and play it right now, and I'm so going to do that. <laughs> two, thing, two things I don't think about simultaneously is licking fingers and Colonel Sanders. Those oh, are two things I don't think about at the same time. I thought time. you were going to say KFC and dating simulator. Well, <laughs> that either. But uh, <laughs> the Colonel and, and licking fingers, not, not two things I think about ever in the same thought. Whoa! Hot take. <laughs> it's a hot take with some hot Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, boy. Um, Nintendo Switch uh, did an update to their software. Okay. And you may not have known about this, but all of our Joy-Cons and Pro Controllers yeah. have a blue ring that can light up around the home button, Eric. I did not know that. You did not know that because they never used it. They never used it's it. Been, they've been out for three years and they never used it. Well, the new update finally makes the blue ring on the home button work. Okay. Apparently it just shows up when, like, if you set an alert. Hmm. So it, like, alerts you. I okay. don't know. All right. I think it's funny that they built that into the hardware and never used it. That's not very Nintendo. I haven't seen it, so I did the update. How would, how would you see it? You know? Yeah, but I did it. I, mine should be up to date. I just turned it on yesterday. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I think it's only if you do, like, get an alert somehow. An alert. Okay. I don't know. <clears throat> All right. Anyways. I'll look out for it. The uh, Capcom fighting stick we've talked about, that huge monstrosity of a logo slash arcade stick, releases on the 25th of this month, October. All right. Um. Here's the good news. It's only $250. Oh, jeez. And it's huge. Yeah, I saw that. It was big and, and not attractive. And beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I guess. The big word Capcom not, doesn't, doesn't do it for me. It doesn't matter. They, they're erased from history. Maybe. I wouldn't erase them. <laughs> they're, they're, they're in my history. Honestly, if I, again, if this thing drops in price, I wouldn't mind getting one just to put it on the wall. Just to have a huge Capcom logo. Yeah, Cap- Capcom logo on the wall, but I have to drop pretty drastically from two hundred and fifty dollars. Um, See, I don't have to buy this because it's not a mini. It's definitely not this a, is mini. a maxi. <laughs> this is a maxi, and it's a joypad. Yeah, so you could say, yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> that it is a maxi pad. I went there. Oh, Aww. oh, explain that to the kids. Yeah, uh, games coming out on there's sixteen games. 1944, The Loop Master, which is a very cool 1942 yep. like, quad sequel. Yeah. Uh, Alien vs. Predator. I think that's the beat em up. That's not bad. Armored Warriors. Not familiar. Yeah. Capcom Sports Club. That sounds generic and boring, but it could be good. I don't know. Captain Commando. I think that's the one of the beat em ups we played. Yep. On the uh, collection. Cyberbots, Full Metal Madness. Here comes the, uh, the fighters. Darkstalkers, The Night Warriors. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a good one. Uh, Eco Fighters, mm-hmm. Final Fight, yep. beat them up. Ghouls and Ghosts, of course. Gigawing. Gigawing's good. That is a great shmup. That is. That is a really good shmup. Uh, this game is one of my favorite. Every time I turn on my arcade, I play Mega Man The Power Battle, which is like a boss battle only Mega Man game. Yeah. I think I heard about that not long ago. It's really cool. And yeah. they came out with Mega Man The Power Battle 2 as well, but I always play that when I load up my uh, arcade. Pro Gear, which is another good uh, shooter, this time a side scrolling shooter. Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting, which is the only Street Fighter. So hyper! Guess, hyper! Uppercut! Um, oh, don't laugh at me, Chun-Li. She thinks I'm hilarious. Um, Strider. 
Strider's a great game. Strider's a good game. Yep. And Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Ooh. Turbo, which I do very much enjoy. Yes. So this is a great lineup, lineup of games from... Oh, wait, that's not the right button. My Japan is gone. Oh, no. Oh, this is a good beat, though. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it. All right. What game was that from? I don't know. <laughs> You're killing me. Yeah. What is that from? That's, uh, yeah, I'm killing myself now. That was the uh, Commodore 64 game when we were doing the sound chip <laughs> test. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, The yeah. black and white one where you jump over the houses. I'm totally blanking on it right now. Can't C64 Anibal. Cannibal, yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, sorry, I'm finishing up the news here. We got two more items. Bandai Namco trademarks Klonoa Encore, which I guess is the name that they're trademarking, as well as Mr. Driller Encore, as well as Splatterhouse Encore. Huh. So I don't know what, what that means, do. but yeah. those are three games that I very much enjoy. And if they're making, <laughs> actually making an encore of them, yeah, meaning a same game enhanced or another gas sequel, those would all be awesome. I love Mr. Driller. I love Splatterhouse, but I don't think I've ever played Klonoa. Klonoa is a great uh, like platform game on the Saturn. No, no, because I I've heard of it, but I do, I've never played it. Is it on um... PlayStation? PlayStation, PlayStation, yes, 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 yes. PlayStation, sorry. Yes, 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 yes. And the last item here, just a little tongue-in-cheek. Okay. Big information, Red Dead 2 is now coming to PC on November 5th. <laughs> I did not really realize it actually came out, it was not out on PC. Right. I well, figured it was. So I heard that maybe a couple days ago, and I was like, oh, I thought it had already come out. Because, huh? you know, they always mod these games like crazy, but it's, it has to be for Up PC. the wazoo. Yeah, exactly. All right, well. Cool. Red Dead coming out. Awesome. Uh, we have a couple more things before. That, that was a quick news week. Not a whole lot. I mean, lots of little fun things, but yeah. nothing huge. Um, we've got a tea time for Tim coming up. Tea time with Tim coming Yay. up here. He's going to be talking, a little spoiler, but he's going to be talking to us about uh, budget titles in Europe. Cool. In England. So that's very cool. Uh, I've played some of them after. I haven't heard his thing yet, but he gave me a few insights. Um, but I'm excited to learn more about that world. But uh, and then we'll get to our battle of the battle of the systems shortly. Cool. But real quick, it's time for our favorite game. Name the fake. All right. Are you ready for this, Eric Nelson? My body is ready. But is your mind? Not really. It's not a physical uh, test. Let's do it. And you don't have Dustin here to compete against. So <laughs> really, the only loser <laughs> is me. Is yourself. <laughs> All right, I will name a series of games. Okay. These are these are games Cody likes, the uh, the modern games, real modern games with terrible names. Okay. One of them is a fake. Okay. Eric, can you name that fake? I'm ready. First segment, we have four games here. Duck Life Battle. Okay. Gravity Duck. Catch a Duck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are you are you getting a theme here? I am. Or Duck, 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 Boom. <laughs> That's a great title. It is a great title. I'm going to have to go with the last one. Duck, you got it right. All right. I've heard that before. You have heard that before. I th- I still think it's a great game name. Yeah. I came up with that. I'm going to just keep saying it. I'm very <laughs> proud of it. Someone's going to steal I it. I just need to make a game out of it now. Oh, we've got it. We've got uh, audio proof. That's right. On Podbean. All right. Our second and last round. So far, you're one for one, Eric. I'm very impressed. Thank you. This is more just a way for me to say these names and enjoy them that much more. I'm going to go from shortest to longest here. Okay. Name the fake, Eric. All right. Genghis Khan, 
Clan of the Grey Wolf, Ages of the Rebellion, Golden Empire, Awakening of the Dragon Remastered. That's one game. <laughs> okay. Cthulhu Saves the World, Super Hyper Enhanced Championship Edition Alpha Diamond DX Plus Alpha FES HD Premium Enhanced Game of the Year Collector's Edition. Okay. Or... <clears throat> summer Colored High School Adolescent Record, A Summer at School on an Island Where I Contemplate How the First Day After I Transferred I Ran Into a Childhood Friend and Was Forced to Join the Journalism Club Where My... Oh, where while my days as a paparazzi kid with great scoops made me rather popular among the girls, but strangely my camera is full of panty shots and where my candid romance is going. <laughs> That's a long title. I will be honest, that is translated for if I didn't make it up. If you didn't make it up. I'm knowing you, I'm gonna go with the Cthulhu, the second one. You would be wrong! Oh, oh. Which one's the fake? The the fake was the Genghis Khan one. Oh, the first one. All right. Oh man, good game though. Good game. We have to uh, play that third one. See what that's all about. I played the. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that <laughs> thing was insane. And I was like, oh, it's just some crazy weird. Wait, why is my camera full full of panty shots? Yeah, that's not cool. <laughs> not cool. Uh, well, if your wife finds that game on your uh, Steam account, then maybe. That's something you'll have to answer to. <laughs> uh, I love that game show. That has to continue. All right, guys. Well, I think it's time to hear from our buddy overseas. Oh. Hey, guys. How about we take a little break and check with our friend over the pond? That's right. It's Tea Time with Tim. Thanks, Cody. Thanks, Eric. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of Tea Time with Tim. And for this episode, we're going to be looking into budget software publishers and some of the awesome games they produced. Getting new games on my Spectrum, and eventually my Commodore 64, was always a hard task. It often involved weeks of working my paper round, saving up money to get a game, and in the early 80s when I first had my Speccy, I would get maybe two or three games a year. One on my birthday, with money I saved, and maybe one or two for Christmas. So it was frustrating seeing all those awesome games and not being able to get them. As we got into 1984 to 85, things started to change a little with the introduction of new games publishers into the market, whose focus was to provide games at much cheaper prices. Often this would result in some utter rubbish being released, but there were also some total gems of games released on what here in the UK we call budget labels. The most famous of these are Mastertronic, who started it all off in 1984 with the release of a number of games for the Speccy, C64, VIC-20, BBC Micro and the Dragon 32. The idea was to launch games at the mind-blowing price of £1.99. Before this, you could not get a game for much less than £5, and they were starting to creep even higher, between £8 to £10. The first few titles were mostly arcade conversions like Spectipede, a Centipede clone, Munch Mania, a Pac-Man clone, but there were a couple of original games, Vegas Jackpot, a slot machine game with holds and nudges, all the features normally on a fruit machine game, and the most noticeable at the time was BMX Racers on the 64, 
which was created by the Darling Brothers, who would eventually take the money they earned from the early Mastertronic games they developed and started up Codemasters. More on this later. Mastertronic went on to publish some excellent games at affordable prices, starting out at the 199 price bracket, and then later they added the Mad Range, or Mastertronic Added Dimension, and up the price to 299. This allowed for greater innovation and some of their best games to come out on this range. I'm sure there are many of you listening to this now who have at least played one or two Mastertronic games in their retro computing journey. Some of the Mastertronic games that I enjoyed most seem to be linked to the fact that they had music by Rob Hubbard in them. Just having his music in a game was to almost guaranteed sales. Some of those I can think off the top of my head, like Action Biker, Master of Magic, Phantoms of the Asteroid, Kane, Zzz, which was a, an adventure game, and of course, The Last V8, which even included some speech in it. Anyway, I could go on. There are so many classic games from Mastertronic. If you get a chance, why not try and grab some and have a go? After the meteoric rise of Mastertronic, there came many other budget software publishers. As mentioned before, from the early days of Mastertronic, the Darling Brothers had shares in the company that they eventually sold out, then reinvested that money and started up Codemasters. As you know, that company, albeit in a different form, is still going to this very day. Other budget labels have long since folded, and some of them you may never have heard of. In my collection, I have games from Firebird and Silverbird, who were Telecomsoft, Kix, which is US Gold's budget division, Hit Squad, which was the label from Ocean that they would publish all their back catalogue through, and Encore, that was Elite Systems' budget label offering. Some of the lesser known publishers are Alternative Software, Players, Budgie, and lots more. One other that does spring to mind is Top 10 Software. They included a compilation range of budget titles under the slightly unsavoury title of Bogey's Pick. I guess you need to understand the English meaning of that to really get the joke, but let's leave that for another time. Let's take a slightly deeper dive into Codemasters. Codemasters had the ethos of setting themselves the target to not just launch cheap games at a cheap price. It was all about trying to release full price worth games at lower prices. Starting out at the now standard 199 price, they would release some iconic and fun to play games with excellent graphics. Starting out in 1985, their first release was Super Robin Hood. This was programmed not by the Darling Brothers, but by the now famous because of Dizzy, Oliver Twins. Super Robin Hood was originally programmed on the Amstrad and then got a conversion across onto the Speccy, the C64 and eventually there were even ports later to the Amiga, Atari ST and the NES. Codemasters would pick up speed in 1986 and 87 releasing many titles, one of these being the previously mentioned friendly and all-round jumpy and eggy title The Fantastic Adventures of Dizzy. I can't say I was ever really a big fan of any of the Dizzy games. One of the games I most enjoyed playing was the 1986 release, BMX Simulator. I remember it had great gameplay. It offered the ability of two-player head-to-head racing over muddy tracks with superb graphics and excellent sound effects. 
That was a real bargain for £1.99. Codemasters were also famous for follow-up games, like the sequel to the sequel to the sequel. With BMX Simulator, they were not content with one excellent BMX game. They went on to release Pro BMX Simulator, and then a year later, yep, you guessed it, BMX Simulator 2. This would also follow suit with the Dizzy games. I lost track of how many Dizzy games they got out in that franchise. I think it ended up with something like Dizzy Returns to Breakfast Time. Well, maybe not quite that. But they sure did cash in on the Dizzy franchise. Fast forward now slightly into the console era. Some of these games hold very fond memories for me. Codemasters would buck the trend and took on the might of Nintendo and Sega and released their own games on cartridge that did not go through the official licensed channels. Codemasters cartridges avoid the Nintendo security system, allowing them to create their own games and not having to go to seek the approval and pay the license and manufactured costs directly to the console manufacturers like Sega and Nintendo. Codemasters went on to create a similar system for the Genesis, or Mega Drive, called the J-Cart. This was an excellent development that had two game ports built into the cartridge. This would give your console the ability to have up to four players without any multi-taps. I seem to remember Micro Machines 2 Turbo Tournament was a J-Cart, and you were able to play up to eight players. So with four joypads, you would have two players per pad with one using the buttons and one using the D-pad to steer and accelerate. They have since gone on to publish many games for all the popular consoles and PCs. Some of their best work was the Colin McRae Rally series, and most recently they have gained the rights to make games based on the Formula 1 World Championship. These games I play a lot myself, and are very detailed and extremely polished. There are literally hundreds of budget label games for the C64, Speccy, Amstrad, BBC, VIC-20 and loads more formats. Have a dig around and see what you can find. Here's a quick reminder of some of the publishers. Mastertronic, Codemasters, Firebird and Players. My advice would be to stick between 1984 and 89 and you will find some of the best games within those years. Okay, so to finish off, I thought I would play some great in-game music from some of the games from Mastertronic and Codemasters on the C64 and the Spectrum. First off, Action Biker from Mastertronic on the C64. This did make it over onto the Spectrum, but the Spectrum version, in my opinion, was just awful. This is a classic Rob Hubbard tune. Next up is one on the Spectrum. This is one of my all-time favourite Spectrum 128 tunes using the Yamaha AY sound chip. Not quite the SID chip, but a massive leap up from the old 1648k beeper tunes. Here is the title music from the game Dizzy Quick Snacks. On the game itself, it has a nice animated sequence to go along with the tune. Well worth a look.
Now for another C64 gem. This is Human Race by Mastertronic. This one is a quite a long tune, so I've just taken the opening few seconds, but it's a nice atmospheric tune. Again, this one's by Rob Hubbard. Not one of the best games, but a good example of a game that generated sales from having an excellent tune. For the last tune, I thought we would do a quick comparison. Here is a quirky space-based shooter called Nontaracuous. Yep, it's a bit of a mouthful. I thought I would show you the difference between the music on the Spectrum, very quickly, and then the C64 version. Let me know which you think is the best. First up, brace yourself, it's the Spectrum version. That's quite enough of that. Okay, now here's the Commodore 64 version. Well, I hope you enjoyed that quick look at the wonderful and sometimes very odd journey into budget software publishers. That's everything from me for now. I hope you can all join me again for another Tea Time with Tim next month on the amazing Pixel Gaiden podcast. Wow. Thank you, Tim. That was informative. That was informative. I can't wait to hear what it is later after we actually listen to our episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fun. That's why we have fun listening to ourselves. You get to hear all the nuances and things we didn't hear while we were too busy blabbing. <laughs> uh, Eric, we're back to uh, live to tape here. Yes. And uh, I think I'm thirsty for another beer before we start our battle. Yep. So this one I brought is made by a local Sacramento brewery called Device Brewing Company. They are here in Sacramento. They have really cool cartoony labels. This one is called Kid Casual. It's a blonde ale. Ooh. That sounds... See, that sound is amazing. That sounds refreshing. It, does, it looks refreshing. So yeah, it's definitely a clear, you know, blonde ale, so it's clear. Yep. Not as much head, so even though I just made that beautiful pouring noise, I can go ahead and drink it. Yep. This uh, is matching well with tonight's recording, which is kind of warm in here. The man funk is strong. I lit a candle, Eric. You did, you did. I lit a mandle. Did I tell you about, I'm going to give all my, my information away here, but okay. one of my my brilliant entrepreneurial decisions, if I were to do them, would be to start a company called Mandles. Mandles. It's just man candles. And this one in particular is, uh, they already kind of exist. Yeah. But this is uh, from a company called Bromley Barbershop, and it is tobacco oak aftershave is the smell. <laughs> Are you getting a tobacco oak musk? A little bit, yeah. But anyways, yeah, just to get, you know, last, we had three dudes before, we only got two today, but I got a window open, I got the candle going, just wanted to make sure that man funk gets right out the window. Man funk's not too bad. It's not strong today, it is not strong, so. Uh, This is a very, very light beer. Yes, but it is refreshing 
It's good. Probably one of the best ones we can have on a warmer evening. You know yeah, what I mean? Which we're about to lose. So it's like our last light beer probably until mm-hmm. uh, yep. until we get back to April or whenever it heats up around here. I don't know. This is a good one though. This is a daily daily drinker here. This is a good. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, imagine a Coors Light but with flavor. With flavor. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's it tastes very cold. Mm-hmm. It tastes like the Rockies. Filtered water from the Rockies. <laughs> Filtered from the Rockies. I feel like I've tapped the Rockies. Uh, Device Brewing Company, Sacramento. So, yeah, I guess it's, it's, it tastes like the Sacramento River. The beautiful, Ugh. fresh <laughs> oh, Sacramento River with uh, sea lions in it. We have sea lions in our river. Yeah. Um, it is fresh water, but we have sea lions in it. And they live there year-round. Um, so how many guys on inner tubes? How many inner tubes, since there's a guy with a picture of an inner tube? He should be fishing, especially if he's in the Sacramento River. No, he's just chilling. He is just chilling. He's got a and he's wearing his, his clothes, which makes me think he wasn't planning on doing this. Mm. But just the taste of the uh, the blonde ale, the taste of the Sacramento River drove him to throw himself into the river and just chill. I, you um, know what? I will rate this first, since uh, you rated the last one okay, first. Okay. I'm going to give this one... Probably 87 out of 100 inner tubes. Inner tubes? Okay. Okay. Man, you really like it. Yeah, I do. I, I, I have to admit, I often have this one. I've been to downtown to the actual brew pub, and I've had yeah. this one down there. It's really good. They have a lager called Pincushion that's really good, too. Gotcha. I mean, a lot of beers are time and a place. I think this is definitely, if it was really hot, I'd appreciate this one that much more. Yeah. Um. But for a light beer, it is actually, I mean, it's flavorful. Yeah. Drink, at first you drink it, you don't taste a lot, and then you kind of get the flavor later. Yep. I'm not going to go quite that high. I'll give it 83 out of 100 still inner tubes. High praise. That's high praise. All right. Cool. Well, we are on the home stretch here for this show. Can you believe it? This is going to work. We should be able to break two hours unless we have a whole lot to say about Tasmania. <laughs> uh, but it's time for our Battle of the Systems. Battle of the Systems! <laughs> that was a very Halloween-y sounding theme, if you ask beautiful, me. Beautiful. Very uh, time appropriate. And it always has that small little ghost at the end. Because <laughs> I never deleted that out of the recording, so don't worry about that. Um, Alright, so our battle this month, uh, of course, as usual, is Super Nintendo versus Genesis again. Yep. For whatever reason, those two systems have a whole lot of games with the exact same name that are completely different games. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, moving forward, we'll have to talk about this, but we're going to kind of shy away from that and, and uh, try to find a way to venture out into other systems. We're going to change our battles, not the format necessarily, but just the same name thing. I think we're going to get away from that moving forward. But today, both the titles are Tasmania. Yes. Of uh, Tasmanian Devil slash Looney Tune fame. Yeah. Which one do you want to start with here, Eric? Let's start with the Super Nintendo one first. Super Nintendo first. All right. What are your thoughts? Let's, let's... So my thoughts are, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say something out right out front here. Usually when we do this, there's one game I like and one game I kind of don't like. Okay. But this one, I like them both. I mean, I, I, and I'll tell you how much I liked them, but... I enjoyed playing them both. I'm not saying they're both great games, and we'll talk about that in a second, but I did actually enjoy my month. Now, this month was super busy for me, mm-hmm. so I only played in small little windows at a time. Okay. So I didn't get as far in either game as I really wanted to, but I got enough to get the gist of it. But 
I'll put it this way. I got uh, as far as I wanted to in both games. <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm not saying these are I'm great games. I'm going to yin and yang you here. All right. Well, I'm not saying these are great games at all, but I did, I guess maybe it's Positivity Eric coming through. Well, like, I tried to enjoy them for what they were. I think that's a myth. A positivity I think Eric? that's a, a self uh portrait of yourself you like to put oh, out there but come i think on. you hate just as much as you love eric Let's no just be a- <laughs> no me no <laughs> see even you said no it's negative ah all right all well, right. let's go with super nintendo this one is a racing style game which is which was caught me off Kinda. guard at first i was like this is really weird it has me like you would think like the genesis one is is a platformer we'll just say that up front but I, I assumed this would be something, uh, overhead game, something, a platform or something. I did not expect a racing game, and I hadn't heard of this one. So, so I'll be a yin to your, uh, to your yang again and yeah. say, although it looks like a racing game, mm-hmm. it is not a racing game. Well, There's it's not a racing no game. racing at all in this game. You don't race anybody, true, but it is It's still... a racing game without racing. Right, but there's... There's a lot of games like that. There's games that are like time games that are cars or... But that's time. That's racing. This one's timed. Kind of. No. I, 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 I'm going to have to disagree with you there. Ah, uh, we'll agree to disagree. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is a racing... Well, I said racing style game. You that are works. on a racing road. Racing style. It does look like a race. It looks like, um, it looks like you're playing uh, OutRun. Yeah. And this... If we don't gab on like uh, like uh, the knitting circle, we we should this should be a short. <laughs> this should be short. It won't there, be, but it should be. There's not much to this game. Mm, okay, yeah. You're Taz. You're going down a road. You have to steer. You have to stay on the road. And you have a timeline. Your goal, the whole goal of Taz here, the whole goal is to just catch the kiwis. The kiwis yep. are little birds. And little yellow birds. And so you jump, you scoot, you move left and right, you grab, and you got to grab the kiwis, and you eat them. When you get X number of kiwis... Depending on the level. Depending on the level, the level ends. All along the way, though, there's bonus things. There's, like, the little coyote that goes by on a motorcycle. You hit him, and a stake pops out. Um, yeah, that, the, so the coyote will pull up beside you. See, for the longest time, I didn't read the instructions again. So I kept thinking he was an enemy, so I tried to, like... Because uh, one of the buttons you can hit will make you do the little tornado spin, yes. little tad spin. So I kept trying to like kill him. Yeah. Then I found out later. Oh no! If you, you grab him. the acme box, he holds out. Yep. A power up will come out, and then you have to grab the power up before you miss it. Yep. And then you basically it's just health for the longest time in this game. And I'm going to admit my my uh, my uh, stupidity, Eric. Stu- stupidity. <laughs> stupidity. Um, I, I I I knew you could do the tornado, so I hit the button. You do a tornado. I couldn't figure out why you would do the tornado. I still haven't figured that out. Okay, so I I was like, I have no idea. The only thing I found was later in the game when that guy, bad guy, jumps on you and covers your eyes. The tornado knocks you him off. You got to that part? Yeah. <laughs> the tornado knocks him off. So let me go ahead and, and sum up the controls. Yes, go ahead. Select is pause, not start. Right. Select is pause. Mm-hmm. I hate that. I don't know why games do that, but no, select I, is pause. I don't like that either. Uh, here's something else I ha- hate. Run is the up button. So it's like an old school one button game where yep. you race and you have to hold up. Like a Commodore 64 game. So I played for like, <laughs> yeah. So I played for like three or four minutes and my thumb was aching. I'm yeah. like, I need to pause. And then I hit start and it doesn't pause. And then I right. die and freak out. Yep. So, anyways, those two parts were a bummer. B is jump, which you need to jump a lot. You'll get to like rivers and stuff or, or bus. Or you just, Buses come, rivers. Basically, yeah. if you don't see the kiwi in front of you, just be jumping. Yeah. Um, Y is grab, and A is stop. Now, why you'd want to stop? Because when you hit stop, I mean, you stop. Yeah. Um, and then X is spin uncontrollably and hit a tree. 
Right. That's that's what X does. Yeah. I, it's, like <laughs> I said, it took me forever to realize. It. I mean, it's deep in the game when you kind of need the tornado, but I didn't know what you did with it before then. But you're already running pretty fast. You hit that button, you're literally like triple your speed while spinning. Yep. And then your left and right also goes triple. So yep. you're like super out of control, yep. which is it to character. But if you did that, you'd think you'd like break through trees or something, and then maybe you wouldn't get that power up for a while. But no, but you don't. You, you hit just it. run into a tree or a lamppost and you die. And, the, and some of the cute things in the game you are, die, you know, Taz has the animation where he like he dies. He looks like an it's accordion. Cute the first two times, yeah. Um, so you run into a tree. He hits the ground or gets run over by a bus and gets accordioned, and then you wait for like five to seven seconds for the animation to finish so you can go again. Right. And and meanwhile the t- the clock is ticking and I want to repeat that the timer the timer which I hate so yes I'm I, surprised that I don't like games with timers I don't like it in this game and I don't that that but was this a game big, has to have it if the whole game is catch kiwis before the time ends that's right and another cool little animation that was cute was at the end of a level Taz goes to sleep like he lays down and like the little everything every, he ate flies out of his mouth <laughs> flies out of his mouth. I thought that was kind of cool. Well, then it's funny because then it, and then it says something like, "I was so hungry" or some dumb little kind of semi cute thing like yeah. Taz need nap time or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, where did I put it on here? At the end of uh, level three. Yeah. It says Taz needs bicarbonate. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? It's got to be something like uh, Taz the- need nap time. Then all of a sudden he's using words like bicarbonate. <laughs> yeah, he needs something. <laughs> They couldn't. They couldn't say Pepto Bismol. Yeah, because <laughs> that's a tr- trademarked. Was this, was this game? Uh, it was made by Sunsoft. Yeah. So it's not. That's not England, right? Sunsoft is no. is Japan. Yeah. So otherwise, it'd be like Taz needs digestives, <laughs> which I learned is a thing. That's a biscuit, though, it's a right? Biscuit. I don't know. Taz um, needs bicarbonate. That's just the most random thing. Yeah. Now, um, I will say this about this game: if 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 back in the day I had paid full price for this game. I would not be a happy camper. Speaking of uh, tea time with Tim and budget games, this should be a budget game. This should be a budget game. This should Absolutely. have been nineteen ninety nine. And for SNES, I mean, I imagine when this game came out, it was full price. It is very. It's a very simple game. The one <clears throat> yeah. I, that is something I appreciated about it. It felt like playing like a ZX Spectrum game or something like that. It felt like right. You pop this in, play it for 10, 20 minutes, see how far you get. Once you stop, you shut it off, and then you go play an RPG. Yeah, like, like I said, a, it's a tweener. Like for ten minutes, I enjoyed this game. 10 minutes at a time like it, it was a fun one uh, i don't think i'm ever going to go back to it and there's not much to it so once we once we've done the part we've done on this game that's it that's what it is and i learned that there are only three levels that there's repeat there's like snow desert and like like a green area right you start in the green area yeah so green desert and and, then, and snow yeah, there's a snow yeah. it's like a snow level that's it um so, th- th- just to com- complete the gameplay here, uh, you catch the yellow birds, which are the kiwis. Then there's blue per- bluebirds that just kind of float around your head, and you yeah. can like jump and try to catch those yep. at the right time. They give you points and some health. Uh, and then there's the red birds. I there's think. the red birds, but I don't remember what they do. do, you, do Even you? the yellow bird, the kiwis, give you points and health as well. But yeah. you need to catch a certain number. I think they all kind of do the same thing, just in different amounts. But the yellow ones also fill up your your tornado meter. Did you know that? A little tornado meter at the bottom? No, because every time I hit tornado, I died, so I stopped using that. 
Yeah, it was so always full. It just fills it up, and then, like I said, I didn't really know what to do with it. The only time that you ever needed it was when that guy covered your eyes. And you'll be running, and you'll pass a kiwi, and then wait for it to pass you, but then it goes to the other side and runs past you. So you're always trying to like, you yeah. kind of have to catch it on the go. Right. Um, obstacles you'll hit: bus, cars, the coyote on a motorcycle. Except I found out later that's not an obstacle. After yeah. I wrote that down. Uh, power poles, cactus, potholes, stoplights, tree. Uh, eventually, this like dude—I can't remember what his name is or who he is—but this like little Cupid dude will come out and shoot arrows at you, um, which he just pops up and shoots you. Like you can't—you don't have time to to judge that. Yeah. For the most part, you just die. And then the guy who puts his hands over your eyes, which I only learned about that from watching the intro screen. I did not get that part. Mm. I got him once, but hey, did you also notice that when a bus is coming or a kiwi is coming, there's a little portrait on the bottom? So basically, I put it next to you. The nearest danger near you is in the portrait in the bottom, or if the kiwi's there. The- but what I noticed is, by the time your eye travels down and sees that little portrait, it's already there. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty useless. It depends how fast you're running. But yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I found it fairly useless, but yeah. it, but it is there. It is there. Yeah. Every once in a while, if that would change, I just went. Yeah. Uh, I'll move or I'll yeah. jump. Right. And see what happens. So if this was like a budget title on ZX Spectrum or C or C64, it would be awesome. If it was two pounds ninety nine pence, two, there you go. But it wasn't two quid. This came out in ninety three. Sunsoft, and that is the Super Nintendo <laughs> version of. The, actually, one thing I do want to mention is the music yeah. was much better. Yeah, and it was um, music it was, was the good. actual Looney Tunes music. Yep, Excuse and the me, little cutscenes. It opened with um, yeah, yeah. It opened with um, the little curtain, the, the curtain, the, the Looney Tunes thing. It just looked the part. Yes. Um, Whereas the Genesis game, Flip, yep, uh, <clears throat> it starts with actually really cool like animation, mm-hmm. um, almost like a cartoon, but they were kind of still frames, or they had some movement, but they were almost still frames. Yeah. Uh, cool intro with like a family. It's this weird story where, I don't know if you've ever met Taz's family in the Looney Tunes lore. No. I think it was later in the Looney Tunes lore, but he has like this dad that smokes a pipe. <laughs> it has like a shirt and shorts. Like the right. rest of his family is normal, which makes you go, what's going on with Taz? Yeah. Because Taz is on the spectrum. Yeah. He's, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, compared to the rest of his family, he's got like, I don't know if they're brothers or sisters or kids or what, but they're like, they do jump rope and stuff. Like, his family wears clothes. They all wear clothes. Naked. And he's just running around naked, destroying things, eating things. Uh, I like him already. <clears throat> the story is, is a deep. It's really deep and heartfelt. Okay. Basically, uh, Taz finds out that there is a very large dinosaur egg somewhere and it would feed a whole family for like a year. Ooh. So he's going to go get that egg. See? To feed his family for a year. How is he going to do that? By eating lots of things. And yelling and going, yeah, yeah, Fair enough. Which is what he does. Yeah. Uh, very colorful. Yeah. Um, made by Warner Brothers. This, this was made by the Warner Brothers video game thing. Which is funny, because they don't put Looney Tunes or any of the music anywhere on it. That's right. Isn't that weird? Well, no, you know what is funny about that is, they actually, there was a show called Tasmania. Yes. So, although the Super Nintendo version had the Looney Tunes, all that stuff, I don't think that was part of Tasmania. I don't. I, I vaguely remember it. I remember the Tasmania I, I, had the family. Yeah, that's right. So that's interesting that, that was omitted. So it's almost like this is the more accurate game to the title. True. Huh. Yeah. Um, it's a platformer. Uh, your A button, because there's only three buttons on Genesis. A is uh, he does this like weird scary face towards the screen thing. I never figured out what that for. So he does that unless you pick up. So that's the special button. I you believe okay. it or not, I read the manual on this. Now that is something I did not do. Yep. So that is the special button. So when you're 
going around this is a platformer so when you're going around you'll find these like chili peppers Mm -hmm. if you swallow the chili peppers if you hit the special button you'll shoot fire until you run out and then you just make a scary face that kills you because you've just wasted three seconds if you don't have a special he just does that (laughs) face yeah so no special so a is special b B is spin correct this tornado spin tornado spin c is jump now what you don't learn off the bat until you watch a youtube video Uh uh-huh is there's parts of this game that don't make sense and you can't get by unless you learn that you can jump in the air and yeah. then hold the spin, which will shoot you, like, sideways. Yes. And so that's the only way you can make certain jumps. There are some jumps that are extended using the tornado spin. Yeah. Um, there's lots of random items you can eat for health. You can eat enemies. They, like, hurt you while you eat them. Do, do you know um, what the health pellets were? They look like jugs or something, those brown... Yeah, like- they're, like, big. What are they? They were very large. Do you know what they are? No. I'm sure they're some kind of Tasmanian devil lore. Maybe not. I don't know. It's weird. It almost... It, it's like a big bottle of poison. It looked like almost like a bottle of those big two-liter Pepsis or something, but it was Mississippi just... Mississippi mud. It was it, Mississippi mud. <laughs> that would make sense, yeah. Uh, you could also eat... full Again, it's a video game, so yeah. uh, you find fully cooked rotisserie chickens mm-hmm. around the landscape and eat those. Uh, if you get a star you're and you eat that... Because you eat stars. Why That's, not? Uh, you get invincibility for a short period of time. Another video game trope. Um, one thing I definitely noticed in this game, and this actually is something that it shares with the other Tasmanian game we okay. played. Uh, you have to make a whole lot of blind jumps and die. That's true. I didn't even Both think about games. that. Yeah. In the other game, on Super Nintendo, you'll be running, there'll be a hill uphill, and then the hill, like, you'll jump. Or not jump. And as you go downhill, you literally can't see what you're going towards. No, you just can't see For like three, two anything. or three seconds. And then hopefully it's not a bus or hopefully it's not a tree. So I more or less get to the top of the hill and jump. Right. This drove me nuts about this game. And this was probably what killed me the most. is you. Would pl- it took me a long time to beat the first level. Because it was basically jumping to your death over and over and over and over again until you figure out what every single thing did. There's one particular area that you jump, and you're just trying to get on a little smaller ledge in the middle. And you can't see where it is. You can't see where it is, but you just kind of have to feel your way to it after dying two or three times. Like, okay, I think I know where it is now. And then you start the level over again if you if you die too many times, and then you have to guess on all these spots all over again yep. or try to remember it. And then some spots say, like, I can't get there just by jumping, so I'm going to jump into the tornado. But that's so fast, how do you control when to stop? Then you fly off the edge of the platform you're trying to hit. Yeah drove me crazy um in the first le- level it's a uh kind of a desert um it, the, the sound was weird on this game it there was these little bitey rock things yep they're they're like square rocks that bit at you but they the noises they made were like orchestral when their when their little tongue came out it went like it didn't make a noise it was yeah. like an instrument going yep and it was creepy somehow yeah somehow it was really creepy yep and then I couldn't figure out how to get past. Like, on the very first level, there's, like, those guys, and there's water, and there's, like, uh, quicksand. And I could, it like, it was the hardest thing in the world just to get past the quicksand. The quicksand, you just have to hit jump over and over and over and over again. And meanwhile, those out. guys are going, loop, loop, and, and they're just moving towards you. you. Yeah. Just killing you. Yep. And the only way you can jump, get to them is to jump on their head. But you can't jump on their head with their mouth open. You have to, like, jump from far enough away where they don't have their mouth open, and they, quote, unquote, don't see you and land on their head. And then they just walk around with it on their head while making another orchestral, like, it was weird. Uh, and then there's these water jets that shoot up. Yeah. And so what do you learn on the first water jet? If you jump on it, it can carry you straight to your death. It shoots you up until you hit a ceiling and then you die. 
Yeah, and at first I didn't know I didn't know if I should jump on it or not, yeah. so I avoided it. And then I realized you have to get on it to get to certain areas. So I finally took the took the dive. And so that's what I did. At that point, yeah. you're at the second jet, which yeah. made me go, "Well, let me go back to the first one and see what I missed." That killed me. Yeah. I'm like, "What?" Yeah. So it's it, all just hit or miss. There's a lot of cheap. There's a lot of cheap deaths in this game for sure. Yep. Um, there are checkpoints. The little, yes, the little guy looks looks like Taz, like a little statue, but then it changes when he walks over it. Yep, those are much needed and appreciated. Yep. Uh, the first boss at level one three is a fire truck boss, which was actually pretty straightforward, which yep. is cool. You jump through there and you do your your uh, a tornado attack and hit him. Uh, then you get to world. I'm going to call it world two. Although, and, and there is an overview map on this game. You can't select where you're going, but no. it basically shows you how it just where shows you've been. you where you've been. Yeah, it's linear. Yep. Um, so I'm going to call it World 2, but basically for the first three levels, you're in the desert, and they look very same. Mm-hmm. Hit level, or I'm going to call it World 2, and you're at this, I want to call it a car factory? They're like building cars? Building something? Robots? Tanks? Something. Yeah, I didn't really know. There's conveyors everywhere, and what frustrated me here is I couldn't figure out what was a platform, because the, the background was, rec- the graphics are good. They look great. Very yeah. cartoony. Lots of color, but I couldn't, in this level, tell what I was supposed to jump on. So I just started jumping around aimlessly until all of a sudden I stopped on something. I'm like, oh, okay, so those are platforms. Right. And you just kind of had to memorize that that's a platform. Um, then eventually you got to a point where there's levers and you had to, like, turn off conveyor belts to continue through without getting electrocuted. So it kind of became this kind of puzzly thing. Actually, that's probably my favorite level. It made the most sense. Um, although, I don't know why this factory has levers that turn on and off a conveyor, and then the other levers... Uh, immediately electrocute you. <laughs> so if that's a thing, and I'm going to ask GM. Yeah. If anyone out there works for GM, could you let me know? Do they make levers in the factory that just straight electrify electrify uh, the employees? They might. Maybe that's um, a, a part of the process. Yeah. Um, and then it was interesting because this car factory was only two levels long, and then there's no boss. For, for whatever reason, there's no boss in this one. Uh, level three, I'm calling it three one, was the ice level. Which, you know, everyone's favorite, you slide across the ice. Yeah. Which is annoying. Um, actually, it wasn't too bad. I actually beat this on the first go, which was all the other levels I had to try multiple times to get through. <laughs> right, right. But there's only one ice level, because then the very <clears throat> next level was a jungle level. And this one, there were so many blind jumps. You would jump, there'd be a bomb. If you, By the way, if you land on a bomb, it doesn't blow up and kill you. You eat it, and then it blows up and kills you. <laughs> um so the only way to get rid of bombs is to, like, jump, and then as you get near them, do the tornado thing to, like, knock them off the screen. This is as far as I got, by the way. I, I got... stopped the jungle because it was entirely, everything was blind jump. Yeah. So you just had to memorize the whole thing, and I'm like, nope, I don't, this is not fun. Gotcha. So, that was me, and that covers both games. Not, no time limits on this one, though, so. Yay. No time <laughs> limits. So you enjoyed both of these, to a point, at least. It uh, I like. enjoyed them to a point, yeah. That is positivity positivity eric right there that's right i had well let's say i had fun with both of them okay yeah i had fun with both of them but i mean i've had fun with a ball of string before if i was bored enough (laughs) a ball and a wall that's all i need that's right okay so um i'm gonna let's get want to guess each other's favorite game first sure that should, should be pretty easy well you already told me yours so that is gonna be very easy for me did did i did i say i thought you liked the road racing one no. Oh, no. Really? Okay. I mean, I did like it, but I think I like the platformer better. Okay. So I like the Genesis version better. All right, so I, I stole the, the guessing game from you. Sorry. That's all right. That's Let me right. guess what you liked. Uh-huh. Uh, did you like the platforming game better? No. 
You really like the racing one? Though. I like the racing one because even though it was very simple, yeah, and there were things about it that frustrated me. Yep, you knew what you were doing. That's right. That, that's what it came down to. That's true. The platformer. I wanted to like it. Looked good. It had some good things going for it, but the level design killed me. The yeah. fact that um, I wasn't a fan of having to jump and like fly over to things using the tornado, like that design kind of was a bummer. Yeah. But basically having to make blind jumps all the time yep. and memorize them. And then, I, of course, I went online and looked up the, the playthrough. And by the time we got to the jungle, which took me like two hours of dying constantly and trying to memorize it, the, the guy who did the playthrough, which was 60 minutes long, was only at like the 12-minute mark at the jungle. Right. I'm like, no. Yeah. Nope. I don't want to memorize that's you one know, of those another... games that was probably made terribly hard for the rental market, so you couldn't uh, rent it. So it's interesting, because I think if we actually sat down and just played it through, yeah. it's not necessarily hard, it's just constant memorization. Yeah. And then, great, I got up to this point, ran out of continues, I'm going to play the game through again, and see how far I can get now, I'm going to play through again. The problem is, I would hate going through it over and over and over again, because it wasn't... If the race, most of it was just memorization. Yeah, if the Super Nintendo one just I and I understand that it's a necessary component of the mechanics of the game is to have a time limit. But if that was somehow removed, like you collect kiwis and you power up and then you fight a boss or something, something different without a time limit, I would probably pick the Super Nintendo one. Yeah, Super Nintendo one's the only. I, I wouldn't go back to the platformer. I may go back to Super Nintendo one and play a little bit. Yeah. Um, my biggest issue there was I don't mind the time limit there. I think it's needed and I think it's great. I think it's like, kind of like Outrun where yeah. you have to do this well sure. before this time, otherwise you don't continue. Yeah. But my issue with it was uh, just that it, especially in the harder levels, it just you're constantly smacking stuff um, without a lot of warning, and then you sit there and wait seven seconds while your animation continues, and that yeah. just I sat there and like threw the controller down and like waited and like picked up my eye and finally i was back up and the tornado does doesn't seem to be a necessary component it, of the game the tornado didn't seem to be useful at all every time i everyone saw i'd hit it because i had wasted so much time that i'm trying to catch up to something yeah i'd hit it and just immediately run into something and wait again yeah i'm like nope yep cool. so there's tasmania uh uh let's see what's what can we roll with here <laughs> uh we can do palm trees we could do kiwis we could do um let's do kiwis they're cute two kiwis out of 38 kiwis okay 38 tasmania 38 kiwis tasmania yeah on the land of tasmania so if this is for the super nintendo run right let's, sure let's start with super nintendo out of 38 38 go kiwis. ahead you go first 20 so that's about half. <laughs> um i'm just above say, half i'm gonna say 17 17 Ooh, even worse than mine yeah but you, that's enjoyment for you. But okay. I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. For what it was. Yep. All right. Now, uh, Genesis. The Genesis one out of the same? Yeah. 38 Kiwis. 38 Kiwis. I'm going to say 22. I'm going to go 17. 17. Okay. There we go. Yep. There's, our, there's a big review on uh, Tasmania <laughs> for both the Super Nintendo and the Genesis. Right on. Budget titles that should have been. <laughs> And actually, the the, uh, the Genesis one felt like it was, should have been a full price. It just needed some massaging. It needed, yeah. Well, it, better level design. It needed smoothing out. Overall, I mean, it was a pretty game. The sound, yeah, it, the sound could have got fixed. I really think the level design is what killed it, though. Like yeah. that. Yeah. It didn't look like a very thoughtful level design on any level, really. I didn't think. I mean, you like the, the, the conveyor belt level for the puzzle aspects. I... I 
I just didn't like any of the levels. I didn't. I thought they were all poorly designed. Yeah, I mean, I said that was my favorite. I didn't say I liked it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. Well, Eric, I heard that you reached out to one of our patrons, and we got an exclusive interview. Yes, we did, with Jim Tessier. Which we now know is how you say that. Based on the interview, yes. Very cool. So keep in mind out there, if you guys become a patron, you just might or might not be reached out to... To do an, to interview. Do an interview. Yeah, I'm going to try to reach out to everybody if, if And you guys can say no if we reach out to you. But, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's a cool little... We'll call it a perk. Yeah. It's a perk. Why not? Why not? Besides, so far we've had one guy get interviewed and the other two guys have just been part of the show. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. All right, so let's hear what Jim Tessier has to say. Excellent. That rhymes. <laughs> it's interview time! So this is Eric's take, and uh, this month I planned on starting a new series about uh, interviewing Patreon supporters and getting a little bit of their history and uh, showing some appreciation for them. So this month, I have Jim Tessier, which I'm going to actually talk to him about the pronunciation of his name, so hopefully I get it right on future episodes, because I know we butchered it in the past. So welcome, Jim. How are you doing? Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. Yeah, so the name, that's yes. funny. My So my dad, so my family's all from New England, right? And my dad says Tessier. But I don't pronounce it Tessier. So you're actually correct in your pronunciation. It just depends where you're at. I like to go with the more common French way of saying it, which is Tessier. Tessier, okay. Yep. Now, if you go to France, they'll go Tessier. But then, you know, that's kind of the, the lazy way of saying it. So Tessier, Tessier. As long as you don't do what most people do, which drives me nuts, they'll add a letter. Like, they'll add an A and say Teaser or Tester or Tesler. So you're doing well. <laughs> okay, so Tessier, which is actually my my more natural way of pronouncing it, which I think I've done on a couple episodes. But we have yep. a good history so far of butchering people's names. So I'm trying to correct all that. <laughs> Hey, that's fine with me. I don't. I don't. I actually laugh every time you say my name, so that's good. <laughs> so the first question I have for you. So the way I, I'm hoping to organize this is that I'm going to ask you some history questions about you and just have a nice little informal discussion, and then at the end, I'd like to ask you some quick questions, like we do on on the podcast, but some of our past ones that I picked at random. Just see how you answer them, because I'm actually really interested in. We, we picked these questions because Cody and I, we don't know each other's history that well, so it's kind of fun to almost interview each other. So I figured it would be a great segment for interviewing our Patreon supporters as well. So the first question I have for you is, what was the first console, the gaming console that you had at home? So my parents had an Atari 2600, but it wasn't mine. Okay. The first console that I had was a television. Oh, cool! That's a great first one. Yeah, yeah. So my uh, uh, my dad gave my well, my sister and I in a television, and uh, it came with uh, Shark Attack and uh, Real Sports Football and Burger Time, and that's all the games I ever had for it. And I really enjoyed it until I got my NES. Oh, cool! Did you get a chance to play the Atari Twenty Six Hundred? Yeah, I did. Um, so my parents, they were kind of gamers themselves. My mom's still a gamer. My dad can care less. Um, <laughs> they used to they used to have their friends come over, and they would party. I'll just leave it at that because uh, my parents were really young when they had me. Yeah. Um, and they would play – they would have Pac-Man competitions. Oh, that's cool. 
Right. And then, but I would play like my favorite game was Joust, and I would play um, um, oh, the tank game, uh, not Com- Battlezone. Combat? Um, combat, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I remember. So Joust, I love Joust. And then I'd play Combat, but they didn't have much games. They bought it for Pac Man. Oh, okay. Which is funny because it's not that great of a version. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, my, my yeah. parents are actually amused, right? So. Yeah, I love combat. Um, the, the few times I played in a 2600 as a kid, combat was the multiplayer game because it's, it's simple, but it's, it's pretty addictive when you get a bunch of friends playing. Um, but the Intellivision is interesting, too. I remember going, um, we had one friend, uh, a buddy of mine, we had one friend that had one and we were so interested in, uh, I think it was, was it called B-17 Bomber? Okay, I never heard of it. It was the one that took advantage of the voice. Uh, remember there was a voice module for the Intellivision? Um, yep. Yeah, and B-17 was one of the, I think, first games that supported that. And it was amazing at the time because it t- it spoke, which we had never seen a video game speak before. So that was pretty neat. Um, do you remember, did you guys have a first computer at home? We did. So our first computer, uh, well, we had a Commodore, was our Commodore 64, right? Um, And see, my mom's a teacher. So I attribute my career to my mother. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, we had a Commodore 64, and then we had, um, shortly after that, you know, she had to go buy a computer that wasn't a gaming machine because the Commodore was hooked up to a TV and it was a gaming machine. I beg to differ, but that's her. Uh, And she went out and bought a Sanyo Silver Fox, which was 99.9%. PC compatible. Yeah. So what that meant was it played no games. It would run Lotus. Uh, it would run D-Base, you know, uh, WordStar and all those those fun applications. But gaming on it was next to impossible. And trust me, I tried. You know, and so we ended up replacing that with an Apple because she was in education. Yeah. And we had an Apple computer. And then, you know, uh, the first computer that I ever owned, I went out and purchased myself, was an Amiga. Oh, Nice. That's great. Yep. I never had an Amiga back in the day. That's pretty cool. Well, so that's an interesting story. So I, I lived in Germany. So my mom, being a teacher, um, she got offered a job to go run the, uh, the education for the Army overseas, right? So we moved to Germany uh, when I was just finishing eighth grade. And so living in Germany, we lived off base. I had German friends. And the Atari ST was really popular. And my friend Jesse had an Atari ST. Uh he actually had two. He had a 520, and his dad had a 1040. Uh, and we used to play games on his computer, and I just loved it because to me that was like the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Uh, you know, coming from PC, and you know, by then my mom had a Tandy, so they was using T-Desk because we didn't have Windows. Yeah. Uh, and then I had a Commodore 64. I ended up getting Geos a lot later, but we didn't have it at then. So looking at Toss on the Atari, I was just like – this is so awesome. Oh, my God. Because keep in mind, the Macs at the time were monochrome, right? Yeah. So, you know, I saw a couple of those, uh, and I just – like, I wanted one. And um, I, I worked at Burger King. So my whole goal was to save all my money to buy an Atari ST. And I saved up some money, and I walk into the store, and I'm like, I'm here to buy an Atari ST. And I didn't have any 520s. All they had was 1040s. And he's, you know, I didn't have enough money to buy it. And he goes, well, you know, we have this other computer over here. It's called an Amiga. And I said, what's that? You know, I want an Atari. I've never even heard of Amiga. And the Commodore to me was the 64, right? right? And he's like, well, look at this. And he turns it on, and it's, a, it's, a, it's an A500. Um, and I'm like, 
holy cow, Workbench kind of looked like Toss. To me, I still think Toss. I'm going to get beat up by some of our listeners, but I thought Toss looked better than Workbench, but I think a lot of people might disagree with that. But I was like, you know what? I want a new computer. Uh, Okay, I'll buy this. And um, so I bought the Amiga. I got the the, the, the 10, what was it? The 1080 or whatever, the monitor. It was a... Yeah. The the Commodore brand. It was a 1080, I think. Yeah, 1080. Or 1080S. Right. So I bought that. I bought the whole package, right? And then I came home, and I'm a huge fan of Double Dragon, so I had bought Double Dragon 2 to go with it. And from then on, I just thought it was the greatest thing ever. And I upgraded. I put the one one meg chip in it, and um, I ran that thing all the way up until 95 when I – no, 93 when I joined the military. Wow. And then I – I moved over to a to to a PC. I went OS two. Oh, cool. Um, do you have any arcade memories? Did you, were you big so. in the arcade? I was. So that's where my dad was more. So my mom was more of a console. Like just to kind of give you a background, my mom had a Game Boy. My mom had a DS. She had a 3DS. She has a Switch, right? Yeah. She's the gamer. You know, uh, my dad's more of an arcade fan. So when I was younger, my dad like. Um, would take me to the arcades and we would, you know, play pole position. Pole position was like the game we, him and I would both play. Um, you know, we saw Tron, <laughs> but after watching the movie Tron, we went to the arcade and started playing arcades. So I, I loved arcades. My dad used to take me to arcades. And then as I got older, uh, you had mentioned, I think on, on the last podcast about going by stores and the convenience stores had arcade machines with the same thing as me. I'd walk by this one store. It's like an Exxon, uh, uh or 7-Eleven, it had um, a Vigilante, Double Dragon, and Shinobi, and I would just wear them out. I mean, those and those are my three favorite arcade games, right? I yeah. would go in there. I could beat Double Dragon with the elbow on one quarter, right? And, and I, <laughs> it, it just elbow my way through the whole thing, and Shinobi, uh, I just, man, I love that game. So, and, and um, all up, I mean, even like when I got out of the service, I moved here to Memphis, the Mall of Memphis had a big arcade, and I spent most of my time in the arcade, you know, playing Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, etc. Yeah. So yeah, I love arcades. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite genre of game, uh, like shmup or beat 'em up or or whatever? What is what is your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite in the past, and what's your favorite now? So when I was younger, shoot 'em ups, right? Because on the Amiga there was so much shoot 'em ups, yeah, you know, arcade, stuff like that. So, uh, and I would f- fumble through Amiga Action. So you're European fans will know that right and i would look through amiga action see what the latest shoot 'em up was and i go out and buy it in fighters right uh, like i mentioned double dragon shinobi final fight stuff like that right um and then when the 90s came around i got really into adventure gaming you know um you know, monkey island uh I, I went through the back catalog of king's quest police quest you know leisure suit larry um all those right yeah um, yeah so that that became like my big fan, and then, you know, I jumped on the first-person shooter bandwagon, um, and I would say that I'm kind of a combination of multiple. I like my favorite gaming now. So unlike you, I actually prefer story-based games. <laughs> so I listen to you talking about like oh, I don't know, I don't like cutscenes and stuff. I don't mind them. You know, uh, some of my favorite games have been, um, you know, like Beyond Two Souls and stuff like that. I love those type of, of story driven games and I don't do online gaming. So, you know, I, I love first person shooters. Uh, so, I, but I like them with their story based. Um, yeah, like I really like half life, half life two. Um, 
See, Half Life was great because it didn't really have cutscenes. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. But what actually, when Half Life came out, I bought two games. I bought Sin and Half Life. Okay. And I actually preferred Sin over Half Life. And guess what? Sin kind of has cutscenes, right? Yeah. yeah. But Sin had that over the top kind of Duke Nukem feel, you know. But it, uh, but so yeah. That that's probably my favorite thing now is if it's if it has a story. So either it's an adventure base or a platformer or a first person shooter. I'm just really big into story driven games. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming around. I, I I've played Fire Emblem recently, the one on a uh, GameCube, the Path of Radiance, and it has cutscenes, but at least they're kept pretty short. So. Um, and I enjoyed it very much, so I'm, I'm coming around. But sure. yeah, I, I tend to these days I get very small windows of time, so I, <laughs> you know, I, I tend to jump, want to get past those cutscenes so I can get to some action. But um, so, what consoles are you playing now? Do you have it? Do you have like modern consoles? So I'm I'm a console junkie. So my dad was big into stereo. So if you go to my dad's house, he's got stereos and audio and video stuff. Like he still has like mini disc and laser disc and blah blah blah. I'm that way with consoles. So if you got so some of the people are collecting consoles now, I just kept mine. You know, there's some I did get rid of and I wish I didn't, but for the most part, if you walk into my home, I got a little area set aside and it's got any it's got from NES onwards, right? So I got Sega Genesis, SNES, NES, uh, you know, uh, Xbox Original, Xbox three sixty, PlayStation, PlayStation two, PlayStation three, blah blah blah, right? And that's my little classic area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in my main on my main TV, you know, my gaming area, oh, the living room that everybody shares, you know, I, I do PS4 and uh, Wii U and Switch, right? And my son, he's 17. He's, he's an Xbox gamer. It's all about Xbox One with him, right? Um, but I play mostly PS4 and Switch. And honestly, I was thinking about this last night in, in anticipation of that question today. I'm probably, like, almost exclusively Switch now. I have become just attach that system uh i was looking at my digital downloads it's it's i've wasted so much money so you and i are a lot alike in another area i buy a lot of games and never beat them yeah so i've been playing the original unreal since it was released into what 97 mm-hmm. and i still haven't beaten it yet so you beat burnout i'm proud of you no, I still haven't years. Unreal. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm worse man and i still load that game up and i'll play a little bit of it and i just put it away you know and um so i'm bad about that i do beat games but not like you know like i should uh in fact i was telling my wife you know i bought link and i love it uh i mean the new the new zelda yeah and I'm determined not to play anything else until I beat that game because I've got to beat a game more recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Switch was a so, surprise yeah, to me. That's so sw- the Switch was a surprise to me in that I bought it on, almost on a whim, and I play that thing way, way more than my Xbox One now. I, I, I can't even tell you the last time I booted. Well, no, I, I did boot up the Xbox One a couple days ago, but I play my Switch. I try to play it almost every day. It's a great system. There's something about sitting in bed and playing, right? That's why I play it. You know, I carry it around the house. Uh, I had pneumonia last week, so I was sequestered to my my daughters in college. I have three kids. I got a 22 year old and a 17 year old and an eight year old. I don't want to retire, so I tell everybody. <laughs> but my uh, my daughter's off the college. My wife's like, "You got pneumonia. I don't want you to get anybody else sick. Go upstairs." And my switch went upstairs with me, right? And I just sit there and play, and it, it goes everywhere. We travel. You know, I hear uh, Cody talk about going on vacation. He's going to beat a game, so he brings whatever little handheld he brought with him, right? Yeah. I'm the same way you know it, go, it goes everywhere with me and i think that's what makes it awesome but i still do my ps4 so i'm a big fan of vr oh, okay and so i have a 
PC-based VR system. Well, it's a WMR headset, um, and I do that a lot. Um, Serious Sam VR is just amazing. I love it. Uh, I'm going through the first three games, the single-player campaign doing VR. Uh, and I do PSVR a lot. But, again, if I'm playing, though, I'm honestly, I'm playing my Switch more than anything else. I have to like remind myself that I have other systems. Yeah, me too. So let's get to the quick questions. So the last episode, I think, is when I asked this, um, an evil gnome jumps out and says he's going to annihilate eight, all 8-bit games or 16-bit games. Which one would you choose to annihilate? Goodbye, 16-bit, man. I love my 8-bit gaming. I am, I, you know, I still, you know, we had that 64 project I was posting on Twitter. Uh, and, I, and, you know, I, 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 uh, I answered that question when you guys asked that. I was thinking about it. You know, do I, what would I do? And the kind of thing, I just, I think my gaming, I, I prefer, like Turrican, I actually like the C64 version better than the Amiga version. Yeah. So I, I can do away with, with 16-bit. I think I would would miss 8-bit too much. Yeah, I think we're unanimous because Cody, I think, picked 8-bit as well. I mean, 16-bit uh, right. to annihilate, um, but keeping 8-bit, and so would I. Yep. I just yep. there's a deeper library there. Um, cool. So l- let's ask this. This one was a few episodes ago, and Cody asked this one. Um, do you like or do you think it adds something to games to have trophies or achievements like on the Xbox and PS? I don't care about them. Really? I really don't. My son does. You know, uh, what was it? the last game I beat? Detroit. Uh, my daughter was playing that. She's She's got a PS4 uh, at her dorm. We were both playing. And it was cool because I could see what progress she was making and I was making. And I said, oh, I beat it. I'm done. She was like, well, there's like three other endings. I'm like, yeah, this is the ending I got. And she was like, you, didn't get, you yeah. didn't get this trophy and blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, I don't care about them. I just don't. I never cared about them. But That's good. Know, my so kids you, do. So you don't mind that they don't have they don't have them on the Switch? I don't mind at all. Good. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly how I answered that. Um, I think it does add an element to. I mean, I know I know of people who really want to like crank up their uh, achievement number, their their gamer score on Xbox. And I remember that was a big thing when the 360 came out. Um, but ultimately, it doesn't. I, I didn't. I didn't miss it on the Switch. So I don't. Ultimately, I don't think it matters too much to me. So the third one is, um, what do you think of the minis that are out? Do you like them? Do you not like them? Do you think they serve a purpose? Do you have it? I do. I have the NES Mini, but I didn't buy any other ones. Um, I think it's cool. I like the idea. Um, I think it introduced uh, younger gamers to some of the things that we were really into. Um, I wish they weren't locked in. Like I, I kind of wish they were internet enabled so that you could pull more from the library. Um, so, you know, like the Sega Genesis, for example, the, 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 recent, the recent one, wouldn't that be awesome that if kids really liked it, that they can be encouraged to get more, right. you know, um, it would open up the library more. Uh, so that's the only thing I don't really like about, but they're great. Um, I bought my uh, NES one just to, to hack yeah, uh, and just to have it, and they were hard to find. And that is the nice thing about them is I, I, I think I would like them a lot less if they weren't hackable. And, uh, you know, I have I, – I, I was just thinking about this myself. I got I, – I have almost all the ones that have been released, the Neo Geo Mini. I just got the Genesis. The Commodore 64 one, you didn't need to hack. They let you add stuff, which is awesome. Um but you're you're right. I think that if there is a mini that comes out that is unhackable, I think I would desire it a lot less. Um, hacking them, putting the games on them are cool, but I, I do like that you can just go HDMI, 
put them on a modern thing. They're easy to transport. So I've taken them on vacation and used the TV and wherever we go. Um, I, I think they're pretty neat little things. Yeah, I agree. You know, in, in the Commodore 64 is a good example. Uh, the new one that's coming out, it's going to have a keyboard and everything. Yeah. I'm buying that. You know, to me, because you can add to it. So it's like a true Commodore 64, even though it's, you know, emulated. Still, I think it's awesome. Yeah. That's why I didn't buy the other one because I didn't like the fake keyboard. So I made my own. You had a broken Commodore 64. I put a Raspberry Pi in it. But I think I would like that one that's coming out more than my little Raspberry Pi setup. Yeah. And then the last quick question I have for you is, do you listen to video game soundtracks or chiptunes? Do you just casually listen to those, and do you appreciate them when they're in games, or do you not even think about the music? So that's an interesting question. So normally, I didn't listen to any of it, and I'm a musician, too. That's I was talking to Cody a little bit on Twitter about that. Uh, my wife does. So my wife, uh, she showed me on um, um, Spotify uh all these you know sound soundtracks they have on there and she's like yeah when i'm at work i put my headphones on and i listen to music and how she introduced it was one night she told alexa to play some uh relaxing video game music instead of our normal thunderstorm sounds with like white noise in the background i was like what she goes oh yeah i listen I, i'm listening to it in the car when i'm driving i listen to it when i work and i thought i listen to it when i sleep and it kind of turned me on so i'm going back to college right now and when i'm studying i turn on video game music and i listen to it and it lets me concentrate more so to answer your question i like soundtracks i don't listen to chip tunes i have never really got into that um but recently i've been turned on to mostly covers too like i'll go on youtube and space guitar players are amazing and just listen to their like their metal rendition of suit mario brothers i think that's amazing you know or uh somebody covering the halo theme is it's pretty awesome so i'm a newbie to that uh so to answer your question i like listening to soundtracks Sounds great. All right. Well, I wanted to keep this short since it's got to fit into my uh, little segment time, but uh, I do appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And I, we really do. Cody and I both really appreciate the support on Patreon and uh, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much for giving me this great opportunity to, to be part of your show. I appreciate that. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. So we're back live to tape here, Eric and Cody with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool that you uh got an interview i'm i'm yeah he had a I'm lot happy of, about that he had a lot of very interesting <laughs> things to say i always like to hear people's history with video games and where they started from and it's always interesting and different than our own so and although we now know his name is jim tessier i will admit he does not sound like a tessier <laughs> i don't know i think once you listen that's to pretty his... straightforward i just yeah. I... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He sounds like a Tessier to me still, but <laughs> we'll go ahead and call, call you by your correct name, Jim. Thank you so much for uh, for your patronage and for uh, dealing with my buddy Eric there for 20 minutes. Yeah, so. that's, that's never easy. <laughs> Tell me about it. Take the Eric challenge. Once a month, I have to deal with this guy for like five or six hours. That's right. <laughs> cool, guys. Well, that ends uh, episode 20 of Pixel Guide In. We will be back next month. We've got another Tea Time with Tim, which yep. I'm looking forward to. Uh, Cody's Corner. I'm going to be talking about the Vectrix. Actually, it's going to be a first $100, I think. I'm going to yeah. go ahead and uh, touch on some games. In two weeks, right? You said next month, but this is ah, two I do weeks. every time. That's In two okay. weeks. In Eric. two weeks. In two weeks. Um, and then, of course, we're going to catch up, and uh, you and I always have a whole bunch of stuff. We we never think we're going to, and we have a ton of stuff to catch up We have a ton of things, on. yep. So that'll be exciting. Uh, we'd like to encourage everyone to, again, uh, 
Mention our show to your friends and family. I don't care if they like retro games or not. Just tell everyone about it. Just express your love for the show on the mountaintops. Yeah, we talk about so much. Yeah. like you know, Philosophy, beer. Uh, um, all sorts of other, things. Uh, <laughs> politic? No. No, uh, we steer clear music, of that. Kind of. Um, but yeah, no, we, we love doing the show. And we love having you guys listen. So uh, the more the merrier. Uh, please uh, follow us on Twitter at PixelGuyDen. Eric is on there as at... The Project. The Project. D-U-H Project. Yep. And I'm on there as at Oddball49. I also want to take this opportunity to uh, make sure everyone knows our UK correspondent, yes. third member of the team here, Tim, also has a Twitter account. Uh, hopefully he appreciates us throwing this out there, but it is at Sanction, that's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. Please uh, hit us up at podcast at pixelguiden.com. Yep, show notes um, are at pixelguiden.com, yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. But hit us up, uh, send us an email, give us some questions, if you have any questions, if you think you want to talk about, um, just... Interaction, please. I love, I love interaction, and please tell people about the podcast. Oh yeah, and and from what I always hear, I've never actually done the research on this, but if you can actually leave, uh, apparently, an Apple iTunes review is the best way to get our show higher on the show rankings, uh, not just a rating, but a review. Apparently, correct. So, um, yeah, I've never done the research on that, but if that's true, we'd appreciate. Either way, we'd love to hear your good words, and we'll probably read your review, good or bad. On the show. Yeah. I actually kind of... Um, I'd get a laugh I'd like to get 10 one. good ones and then a bad one, but yeah. I would like to eventually get a bad one and read it. I'm very, <laughs> that'd be fun. That'd be fun. So, All right, guys. Well, I think that is the end of the episode. So remember, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.